Today is Monday, February 12th, 2024, and you're listening to the Ask a Christian Podcast. I'm your host, Nate. Today, oh, I swallowed like a cup of fire ants or something. Um, anyway, so today, um, what are we even talking about? What's my name? Where am I? I don't know. Oh, man. Someone like coughed my way and now I'm sick after three days. Uh, what even is going on? I'm dying now. I, I, I held it together for a while. Okay. So we talk about the Super Bowl. Um, we talk about the "He gets us" nonsense ads. Um, someone tries to make a case that no, no, it's really, it's really good, and they're just trying to use this as a fish hook or a lure to get them in the door, and then really tell them what's going on. Um, everyone is incredibly skeptical of that position, but we talk through it nonetheless because that's what we do. Um, but yeah, it's a bunch of malarkey. <laughs> what's the etymology of that word? Then we talk about uh, Chris who was gone in the week previous, he uh, he chaperoned his child's school on a field trip to Washington, D.C., the throne of Satan. Um, anyway, so he goes there, talks about his events, encounters. Um, we talk about some moral law for people that consider themselves good, moral, not Christians, and the Lululemon debacle and, and some people getting arrested for stopping shoplifters and stuff like that. So we get a little politically moral for a minute. Then uh, someone asks what questions are good for Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh, that's kind of a short conversation. Then we talk about the deep state and globalists. Someone's like, how are they different? How are they the same? I'm happy to tell you. Just uh, go ahead and listen. And then we get into globalism. Someone like, I, I don't know how people don't understand. They're like, I don't know anyone like that. I'm like, you don't know anyone who's ever talked about like the world being on the same page? Like, you don't have to go completely space age with it, but you've never heard anyone say how it would be nice to have some sort of like, you know, new world order or one world government. So, you know, countries aren't fighting and there's one policymaker and all the nations of the world, you know, combined into one so we can have peace and harmony. You don't know anyone like that? Like, man, stop fighting God so much and, you know, read another book from time to time. Anyway, uh, then we talk about Tower of Babel, Babel, and uh, I continue dying with the fire ants in my throat um, while we go through it, and man, just take my word for it. <laughs> I mean, you should, you know, trust but verify, but if, if you can just take the Christian's word for it, the Bible's good, the Bible's legit, you're not going to find problems with the Bible. Like, any problems you can, quote, problems you can find with the Bible, um, is you're going to have to interpret it. Um, in a fancy way to make it have a problem because there just aren't problems. Like, we've been doing this a long time. There are people that have been doing this th three times, four times as long as I have, and the Bible's been around 2,000 years, more than 2,000 years. Um, so, 2,000 years. Um, people have not found anything yet that there is not, I believe, an incredibly easy, simple explanation for it may take knowing some original language. It may take using a concordance, but the answer is simple. Um, so, you know, doing the scholarship on it may take some time because you have to, you know, read the languages, go back, you know, understand anthropolo uh, anthropology or something like that. But, I mean, at the end of the day, like, there, I've never had a, quote, problem or contradiction or inconsistency in the Bible um, that by the time we got an answer, I'm like, oh, man. Uh, in order to get that answer, you had to jump through so many hoops and you had to weave that web so intricately to get that answer that you just you just had to force that. It's never been like that. By the time we finally get an answer, I'm like, oh, okay, so, you know, after we've done the work and it's like, oh, we use the concordance, we use the interlinear Bible. I'm like, okay, so, you know, this word means this and uh, this verse means this 
And the context of this verse, because we've read the whole chapter or the verses above or below it, means this. I'm like, well, no, the answer is apparent. It's right there. Like, that is the answer. Um, so, no. Like, I, I'm very skeptical. I'm very cynical by nature. So if someone's like, well, actually, to make this verse fit, you have to do this, and then you have to get into the ancestry of this guy and the lineage of this guy, and then you have to, um, you know, I don't know, do something with numerology to, to make the stars align, I'll be like, okay, you know, this may be a problem that the Bible cannot overcome. This may be an error with the Bible. Fortunately, not once in my life have I been presented or heard of anyone who has that has to leap to such conclusions. Um, I mean, if we're talking about, like, the, you know, philosophy or deep theological hypotheses, who cares? That has nothing to do with the Bible anyways. But just talking about verses in the Bible and what the Scripture actually says, every answer, when they're like, yep, the work's been done, here's the answer. I'm like, wow, so we could have just read the Bible and had the same exact answer that you had to go study for, like, a month to come up with. And and the answer is yes. So anyways, um, is that what I was saying? Yeah. So we do that again. Tower of Babel, right? You could just uh, take the Bible for what it says and be like, yes, I repent. I believe Jesus. Uh, but if you want to cause problems with it or want to read problems into it, well, today's your day. So we go through the story. We go through the original language. And then, you know, we take the part um, where, you know, the, the counter to that is, oh, God confused them? What does that mean? Well, it means to mix up. So if it was to, um, you know, confuse, it would have said confuse. And, you know, some translations say confuse, but that's why you have a concordance. Go to the actual word. So, you know, the actual word is to mix up. If the actual intent was to confuse, the original word would have better reflected that. Anyway, so it means to mix up. Uh, but even if it didn't mean mix up, and it did mean confuse, this is where people always misunderstand me. I try to be extra thorough, and it just <laughs> confuses people more. But I try to be thorough, so I'm like, look, it doesn't mean confuse in the, in the sense that you're thinking, like chaotic confusion, running around with fire and hair, or chickens, their hair cuts off, or whatever, uh, heads cut off, or whatever. It doesn't mean confuse like that. But even if it did, that's fine. Because the part where you say the God is not the author of confusion, look at that. And now we have to go to the Greek word, um, which I already forgot. I said it. I read it out loud. Um, but that word um, does mean confuse. But look at the context. People are prophesying, talking in tongues, doing all kinds of stuff, and it's disrupting, causing confusion in the church service order. So Paul says, guys, God is not the author of confusion. Let two or three speak and then be silent. That's the extent of God is not the author of confusion. So right there. He was not saying God is not the author of confusion, like, for one time, all time, ever, and ever circumstance. Um, that's just not the context. You have to read that into it. But God is a God of order. God is love. You know, God is not the author of confusion. Um, there you go. So, uh, I'm going to go eat ice chips. Everyone have an awesome day. Catch you later. If you did not watch the Super Bowl... You missed the most amazing um, evangelistic tool the world has ever known. Oh, I saw the ad. Oh, trust oh. me, I saw the ad. I just didn't like, see it live. The, like, two ads? Like, you saw it on, like, a protest blog? Like, man, okay. So, so everyone knows, like, oh, Jesus is so loving and so kind. These ads are amazing. You know, gay everything. God loves you. And then the others are like, no, 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 that's horrible. This is an abomination. Blah, blah, blah. And they're like, you're so mean and full of hate. So, so let's do something no one else has done, at least for like five seconds, and then we can, you know, trash the ads because they're awful. But trying to split the difference as much as we can. Okay. Wait, wait, the wait. Way, uh, What's the second ad? You lost oh, I saw the He uh, Gets Us ad. I just don't know about there was two. He, oh, oh, okay. There was two He Gets Us ads. Did you see the foot washing one?
Yeah, that's the one I saw. I don't know. Okay, that that, <clears throat> that was that was the worst one. Uh, the other one, um, it was basically showed a bunch of pictures, um, like like how how you would normally judge, not just Christians, but showed a bunch of pictures, like how you would normally judge people, like in the road, like you know, just quick glances of like you know, uh, clearly transvestites, um, you know, like immigrants, refugees, like homeless people. So like you know, the the idea was you know. Uh, the, the, it's like, you know, a lot of people correctly identify problems, but they incorrectly identify solutions. That That's the problem, right? So it's like, well, first glance, well, no, of course, you know, Christians, atheists, everyone, you should look on these people with <clears throat> love and compassion. You don't know their story. You know, they clearly look like they're not doing super great in life. Um, you know, so so maybe lend a helping hand, have a little love in your heart, that type thing. Um, but then it said, Jesus didn't preach hate, meaning, so, so like, uh, We'll just talk about the foot washing one. So, you know, the foot washing one is clearly, yes, Jesus, you know, washes all these people's feet. The same thing, right? The homeless person, the drug addict, the trans person, whatever. Uh, the gay the gay dude, I think, was the very last one. Is like Jesus washing the gay dude's feet or something. Like, clearly gay. Um, and they're like, oh, well, you know, if you don't do this and you don't love everyone, then, then you hate. And that's against Jesus, you dumb Christians. We don't believe your Bible. We're going to use it against you. So, and I guess this was funded by, like, you know, I, I forget, was it the... I don't think it was a Hobby Lobby guy. It was it was someone in like a big Christian enterprise who who like jumped in and helped fund this ad. I think that, that he gets us stuff. But the point is, it's just so so wrong on either side of the coin. So no, Christians aren't supposed to be like, oh, we hate you, you're gross, ah, you're gonna burn in hell, demon. Ah. We shouldn't do that. We should be sharing the gospel with them. Um, and if they don't want to hear it, leave them to their fate. On the other hand, um, they're trying to present it as if you don't embrace what they're doing and their lifestyle. Well, then you hate them. And that is so dead, disgusting, wrong. It's like, no. And then they're like, Jesus hung out with these people. Jesus hung out with prostitutes. He didn't pay them for services rendered. He showed them a better way. He said, go and sin no more, like this type of stuff. So, no, it, it doesn't mean like you, you have to shun these people or whatever. It's like you share the gospel with them. And if they're not going to hear it, then you leave them. If they're going to change, if they're willing to repent and believe the gospel, that's the entire point. Um, so anyway, yeah, it's, it's, I don't think that was really middle of the line, but your turn. <laughs> Nate, why are, why do you hate so much? You're such a hater. You're just oh a boy. Hater. You we know, there... call you, instead of Nate, <laughs> we should just call you hate. Nader hater. Change your name. Nader hater. Yeah. Hater. I mean, wouldn't it be the most, the most like a uh, severe form of hate to have these beliefs, um, in Jesus and the Bible and then just be like, Oh, God loves everybody. We're all God's kids. And then, like, you know, love them right into hell. Wouldn't that be the most severe form of hate? Like, no, if you really believe this stuff, and I do, you should be like, well, hey, you know, God loves you. You know, this is what the Bible calls sin. Do you believe in God? Do you care about this thing called sin? No? No, you hate it? You hate me? Then don't worry about it. Live your life. Let your freak flag fly. Um, oh, you think there may be a God? Oh, you wonder what this God would think, what this ancient book says about your lifestyle? Well, here's what it is. Here's a better way. Repent. Go to God. Um, Nate, you got to be a lot nicer to Steph, man. You can't say stuff like that about her and then expect her to come back. Oh, we don't need none of that. CEO, what's up? <laughs> I don't mean um, Steph. I, I mean you. <laughs> CEO, you're cutting out really bad. Nope. Give it a minute and try again. <laughs> um. Anyway, I mean, what's your take? Do you do you differ at all, or are you a little easier or a little harder line what I said, Chris, than that? Because, I mean, 
the middle answer, the, the truth is usually somewhere in the middle. Well, the answer is somewhere in the middle. Like, yes, we are called to love people, blah, 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 and share them the good news, not the bad news, not the scary news, the good news, how they can have a better way and a continued eternity with Jesus, uh, the one who made them. So we're not supposed to be all, you know, pee and vinegar. Um, but on the other hand, we don't, you know, embrace and uh, encourage their, their lifestyle or their sin that is going to keep them further away from Jesus. Father Chris, you're the one with a good audio. I mean, I got good audio. Can I, can I go? Hey, down? there you go. See you. Okay. After Chris says who he's going to say, okay. we'll come back to you. Okay. After Chris says what he he's going to say. Sit, he, uh, hit CEO while he's got good audio. All right. See you. Okay. So as someone in the ad and marketing space, Remember, ads are only 30 seconds, so they are good conversation starters, terrible conversation finishers. So what the ads are trying to do is start a conversation that basically says, hey, Jesus cares about you. And then at that point, it's up to whatever church you go to or whatever to, to finish it, right? It's just like when you look at like... Uh, cell phone commercials or any product they normally try to get you interested in something and then the person in the store has to actually sell you so i'd like for you to try to think about it from that perspective because there's no way in 30 seconds that you can cover everything that you you thought should be covered in it um that may be like how michael uses his charitability hat plus five that may be like five million um sure I hear what you're saying. I seriously question the motives, though. Um, I mean, to be fair, I mean, <clears throat> I actually did go to the website, like, last, I think, last year when they did, when they did this or started it. Um, and I, I don't remember what I found. I just have a feeling it's from a very progressive, because um, it is, very progressive movement, where it's not exactly like, you know, someone like Chris, who's like, I'm putting out all these ads to show people a better way. I'm going to make it look like Jesus is accepting everyone, no matter what they do, and hoping they continue to stay in their sin. And then when they go to church, ha, 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 we're going to tell them that sin has consequences and show them the way. I just have a feeling that's not the way. And it's more like the people that do do these um, are like, <clears throat> yeah, sure. Come to our church where anything goes. Don't go to any church. It don't matter. Just, you know, say you love God. Pardon me. Well, I, I think one way you can judge movements as well is who's critical of them. And I remember when they started these, it was actually people on the left and the atheists that were upset with them at first. So I, I, I think that's important to be mindful of as well. Okay, at first. And now they love them. So what does that say? Well, Sean, you have assured me you have excellent reception. Let's see how that goes. What's up, Sean? Well, Sean. Oh. Hey, hey, good morning. Good morning. Go KC. Go KC. Woohoo. Except, man, Kelsey and Mahomes really irritated me last night. They're like, man, I, I showed me that he was an MVP last night. Well, there's, their, you know, off field conduct showed me that they're a bunch of punks. Like, you know, I like Kelsey. I like Mahomes. But, man, their little temper tantrums are getting old. Like, dude, man, if I was Reed, I would have punched Kelsey and fired him right there. Like, no, he's the coach. You do not yell in your coach's face. I guarantee, like, spit and slobber got on Reed's face 
he was like about to kiss him. Maybe he mistook him for Taylor Swift. But no, I've always liked Kelsey. I've always liked Mahomes. Like they're fun to watch. They make good plays. But man, their their off off screen or off field conduct is disgusting. Like I don't care. Forget the Super Bowl. Get fired yourself. I would have absolutely fired Kelsey on the spot and had him escorted out. Like no, that guy is a punk. And then the dude that dropped the play. Me and my wife were both screaming at the guy. Um, the name started with the P, I think. It, it was towards towards like the end of the third quarter, I think. Like whenever he made the big oops and like you know messed up messed up the play close to the in the red zone, everyone was screaming at him. me and my wife were too. But then on the way, uh, you know, on the sidelines, my home dude, the guy was like had his head like hung in shame. Like clearly he knew he messed up. Mahomes is like chasing him down, screaming, turning red in the face. I'm like, oh my gosh, what a piece of crap. Anyways. Go they, do you think that the whole Taylor Swift thing is a psyop? <laughs> I think football is a psyop. I think organized professional sports is a psyop. Because, look, we waste how much of our lives? I mean, Super Bowl is pretty much the only game of the year I watch just because, I don't know, why not? Um, I mean, I'll watch like a couple games leading up to the playoffs. But, man, I don't have that much time in my life. There's other stuff I'd be rather be doing, like anything else. So, yeah, I mean, I think sports are a, a lot more hyped up than they otherwise would be because it distracts your attention from things that matter more. Like, oh, I just paid $10,000 for a football seat. Yay, let me get it all over Facebook. Well, you don't realize you paid that much more in taxes, for example, because <laughs> things have changed without you paying attention, and now you owe more money to the government. Oh, my IRS thing got straightened out. My CPA just went in there and took care of it. <laughs> Oh, well, they were, claiming, <clears throat> they were claiming I didn't pay like like thousands and thousands of dollars in taxes, and I was like, uh, "Yeah, I did. I have the receipts right here." So you just took all those receipts and called the IRS and sent it to them, and they're like, "Oh, look, look at that! Turns out you did pay. Our mistake. We were just about to garnish all of your accounts." <clears throat> oh, Sean. Uh, yeah. What'd you think about the? Um, I know you said go Chiefs, and I, I'm also kind of go Chiefs, but um, I don't know. What do you think about that? The off-field conduct like that. That sucks, right? It does. If if you wasted your money, uh, as far as Kelsey's concerned, it looked like uh, Andy Reid did the right thing. He just said he's in his emotions, and he calmed and he calmed down. And because of his catches, KC won the game. He went back to being a professional. Um, <laughs> when he got his way and won, he went back to being professional. Yeah, most of us could do that. <laughs> well. We get our way, are we're we happy. Gonna, are we going to hold two seconds, 10 to, 15, 10 to 15 seconds against a whole player for the rest of his life? Um, well, I could have seen yes. him murdered somebody, raped somebody. Uh, well, also, if you, I mean, there have been other times and other games this season where you've seen little petulant outbursts like that. And if he does that on camera, how is he like off camera? So, you know, I don't know everything, but I know, man, yeah, two seconds. Like, oh, I just held the gun and shot the guy for two seconds. There's only two seconds. Are you really going to make me go to prison for the rest of my life? Yes. Yes, we are. Um, so, you know, to a much less degree, like, you don't do that. Like, you don't get into, like, if it's, if it's like, peers or something like that, but it's, like, it would be like Andy Reid, like, getting up in front of, you know, the Clark dudes or the Clark family's, um, you know, the face, like, the owners of the franchise, and doing that th thing to him. It, he would have to be, like, fired on the spot. So, I mean, that's just me. 
I mean, you know, Justice He'll be probably done, get may the heavens fall. You know, the team will find him, and it'll be all right. But uh, uh, that's why I look at it. Find his butt. I, I make him sit, and I make him, and like what a coach used to do when back in the high school. You will run a mile. You remember remember the Titans? Denzel Hoover. He said, you fumble the ball, you will run a mile. <laughs> what do you think about the he gets us stuff, Sean? Do you get him? No? Um, I just wanted to mention, Nate, there's a Forbes article yesterday criticizing the he gets us people for funding groups who fight against abortion rights and fight against LGBTQ rights. And that was from yesterday. Hmm. Interesting. So this was an interesting take that I read on Twitter. Um, this is from Joel Berry, who I don't know who that is, a rando Christian. I know. He might be famous. I don't know. There is a reason he gets this commercial doesn't show the liberal washing the feet of someone in a MAGA hat or a BLM protester washing an office hood police officer's feet, this would have been actually subversive because they were strictly following the oppressed versus the oppressor intersectionality guidelines. This tells me they were either trying to sell Jesus to leftists by hinting Jesus thinks just like them or cynically using Jesus to sell a political movement. That is a great point, CEO. If you want to include people, where's the BLM and MAGA people? Where are they? That's it, Chris. That is a great point. And I think it's absolutely the case that for trying to get people on the left to not be Jesus hating, right? And you can say, well, they went too far in that. But again, it's a door opener. But to your point, I think they should do an ad like that in the future because the idea is you're supposed to take your audience along with you, right? So next year's Super Bowl, I would love them to do that because that would show we're trying to take the audience with them. Okay, so it may take us 364 more days from now, but, I mean, that seems to be a way to test this theory, right? So it's been, what, one or two years since the He Gets Us movement, and they've done the exact same commercials ever since they've started. But let's give it another year. Let's maybe put a petition in because if they do this again and do more of the same stuff, I think we've got three or four years of data by then of doing the exact same stuff, which would go to Chris's and everyone else's point. Um, but if they did a, a MAGA BLM guy or something, then it may be a CEO says, but I have a feeling you'll never see that because that's not their idea. <laughs> I think, I think uh, you know, Chris and the Joel guy or Joel Berry or whoever is right. But yeah, that would be a good way to find out. Yeah. No. That's a, there you go. Oh, it's a wait and see. Oh, some here's some interesting news. Remember, everybody was all talking about the Asbury revival. Yeah, I saw you post a thing on that. Yeah, go ahead with it. Wait, I posted something about that in Discord, I think, showing how, or I saw it somewhere. How maybe someone else did? How it was like how like no, it didn't um, pick up on church attendance or something. Yeah, it had absolutely no no impact on anything. So, so it no turns out the people that were skeptical were like, yeah, I don't think this is any kind of a revival. Yeah, we were right. But that's just measured by church attendance, right? So, like, do they know, uh, do they know, like, what, like, the, were they only getting churches, like, who were in the area? Because I guess lots of people came from far and wide. So did they just go home from college or... Um, 
maybe they have a sincere belief in Jesus, but just haven't attended like any old 80 year old crusty church or I, I would want to know more of the study. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I didn't read the details of the study. I mean, this is anecdotal evidence as well. That basically everything went back to normal. And, you know, the thing is, is this is a quote unquote revival. That came out with no preaching. It was just, it was pure emotionalism from people playing music. There was no preaching. No, that was no, that was one of the main problems with the Asbury Revival oh. is there was literally no one allowed to preach or say anything quote unquote divisive, you know, from like the Bible. What are you guys talking about wrestling in the chat? Oh, I made a football joke. Yeah, the MD is British. Well, let's see. He gets us things all ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, the Asbury Revival thing I think is really interesting because, like, you know, when, when you say things like, hey, maybe we should just wait and see, like, people jumped all over people. You're ah. quenching the Holy Spirit. Speaking of wrestling, how about Vince McMahon? <laughs> or maybe not. You, gross. I'm a, I'm a, I've been, I'm a wrestling fan from way back in the seventies, from Dick the Bruiser, Bobo Brazil, the original Flame Throwing Sheik, not the Iron Sheik, the original. And then, but, but as far as Vince McMahon is concerned, people been knowing about Vince for years. Bruno San Martino told you about Vince, but nobody listened. All right. Well, guess that's that. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't expect a lot of pro Vince people to be here. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's bad. Hey, we all agree on something. Chris, we could probably agree with the Catholics on this. Vince is bad. Vince is bad. Oh, I did see a meme. It's hilarious. It, it's those memes where like it's like the Knights of the Round Table, and it's got like um, the knights with like their swords all pointed at like the war map. And, you know, the, the thing they're pointing out is, like, the bad thing. And then, have you seen that map? And then it's got, like, the three knights who are uniting. Well, and they always unite about different stuff. And it's usually, like, uh, Protestants or, or like, uh, it'll be, like, Calvinists, Arminians, and then some other group united against something even worse. Or it'll be, like, Protestants, um, you know, Catholics and Orthodox was this one. And I'm like, oh, what are they united against? And you click, and it's, like, against the He Gets Us ads. I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> I mean, Chris, that is so interesting what you said earlier, though. Like, I'm really thinking about it. I think that would be such a fantastic ad if they did, like, one clip where someone from BLM is washing someone from MAGA foot. And then a MAGA person is, you know, washing someone's foot. They would disagree. I think that would be a fantastic idea. I hope they do that because that would go extremely viral and kind of just trigger everybody. And we would see where people really stand on things. Well, would you just admit defeat that your analysis was wrong if, if like, you know, there's a petition to get them to do that? And they're just like, no. Oh, definitely. No. Yes. You're like, but why won't you do it? It'd be so beautiful. Like, yeah. no. Yes. No. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we should do that, guys. That should be an experiment. I mean, there's like, you know, 30 of us here. Why don't we go to the He Gets Us website and, you know, do the contact link. Be like, hey, it'd be great if next time you could do this, you could make it a MAGA and be a limb person. Yeah, it'd be yeah. Start that petition there, Nate. Get a uh, what is that? What is that petition site? Oh, um, what? Well, 
Oh, well, yeah, but it wouldn't be an actual like petition. Like you would just petition by way of using their contact features. So if they got like, you know, hundreds or thousands of contact requests, I mean, that, that would kind of take the place of a petition, right? That would be leaving out the middleman. Unless you wanted to hold their feet to a higher and be like, look, we got 10,000 signatures, BLM and Magna, MAGA, and uh, we presented it to them and they don't want to do it. Maybe they don't love like Jesus. Yeah, so somebody else, uh, Tom Buck, is a is a preacher, pretty famous Baptist preacher, and um, he asked them, um, hey, I'm in the Dallas area, can you suggest a um, transgender-affirming church? And they're like, absolutely, and they came back in like two hours and sent them the church. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. 100%. Man, it's just such a disconnect, like talking past, I don't know, talking past the people, because on one hand, it's like, you know, not just the he gets us stuff, but like the whole, you know, hateful Christians, Jesus didn't preach, hey, blah, 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 like it's hard enough, like, like it takes the entirety of a conversation just to address the issue of differences of opinion don't mean hate, like if you can ever get them to realize that and be like, which, good luck, like differences of opinion don't equal hate. Hate is hate. Um, like, you know, visceral, like, um, you know, aggressive attacking people because of something. That is hate. Um, anyway, so, but after that comes, um, you know, the whole other stuff. Like, okay, well, are you actually doing this because you really feel like that way? Is it your fault? Is it your, you know, like sinful fleshly desires that make you want to do these things or dress this way or act like that or internalize this? Um, or is it totally external or is it for show or is it because we're bullied? Like, you know, what is the actual cause? Because, you know, one thing could be environmental. Another thing could be medical. Another thing could be mental. And it's like, you know, how is the Christian supposed to know? Like all the Christian knows is, well, hey, you know, if, depending on what you're doing, like um, if you're super out there and open about this thing, the Bible clearly indicates is sin. Well, we're going to be like, hey, that's sin. That's wrong. You should stop that. Like, what about you? Don't you ever gossip? Well, yeah, and when we do, you know, hopefully we recognize that's wrong. We repent and we we stop it. Um, but I mean, the biggest I mean, the biggest thing that calls attention to it is like, oh, why are people so worried about what goes on in the bedroom? Blah, blah, blah. We're not. We have no idea what goes on in your bedroom. So if you keep in the bedroom, no one will ever know. Um, and then they talk about like, you know, Christians. You're like, oh, we're having affairs. Blah 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 blah. Like, well, well, I guess. But you know, for the Christians who do that type of thing, they they probably want to keep it very, very hidden and hopefully are ashamed and you know, are stopping it. Um, but if they were just as out and open as people were about other things, I'm sure the Christian army would be, you know, um, condemning that or going after those people. But the fact that it's just like so out there in the open, it's like you can't ignore it. Um, anyway. Yeah, oh, yeah. not to mention that Jesus... Yep. Not to mention that Jesus, just to wrap this one up, not to mention that Jesus in Luke 14, 26 actually did preach hate. Oh, like you got to hate, hate if, if you don't hate your mother or father, you're not worthy of being my disciple? Correct. Well, I mean, explain that, explain that, Chris, right? Like he didn't want you to walk up and like punch your papa in the face, right? Because you got to honor your father and mother so your days will be long. So even though, you know, hate means hate, um, you want to explain that? 
Sure, it just means that like you have to forsake all else to follow Jesus. But you know, to say that Jesus didn't preach hate is just like surface level not true. It's kind of like how um, you know people will say, "Well, I'm a good person on my own. Like, why do I need Jesus?" Because the best human example we have is so far away from the holiness of God. So, by contrast, um, you know, if if you don't hate your parents, that doesn't mean you like go beat them up and be like, "I hate you" and spit on them. It's like no, like. It, by contrast, like God is so far above that, your love should for Him should be so unequivocally more than that. That, yeah, it looks like it, well, hate your mom and dad. <laughs> All analogies break down. That it, did that break down before I got there? No, it was good. I think I think you get the point. Um, CEO, did you have something to say? Yeah, I mean, I I think that, like, the question becomes, what is the goal of any communication, right? And if the goal is to be persuasive, then typically, as Jesus did, you would start with, with a more loving tone and then go into correction. And, like, Jesus would be harsher on people in power, but people who were kind of more common— he would tend to start out easy and then get more intense with them. Well, and also, I, I mean, keep in mind, like, you know, the, you don't even see Westboro Baptist Church anymore. Like, I, it's been years since we've even seen them. So it, it's like the Christian boogeyman is living in these people's heads, and they're just like, uh, so, like, what's the most glaring example of, like, quote, Christian hate right now? Is it things like this, like th this podcast that, you know, no one listens to? Like, uh, or a church message that they find on the YouTube where someone's like, and God says homosexuality is a sin, and unless you repent, you will blah, 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 not inherit eternal life. Like, uh, you don't, nothing like that makes the news. So so it seems like the, quote, Christian hate um, is really underground or non-existent. Um, like, Westboro Baptist Church, you know, like, what, 10 years ago is the best example they had, and they are never in the news. I can't remember the last time I saw them in the news. So either Christian hate has gone way down or is really just a very small infinitesimal group to begin with, which that's the right answer. Um, so, so yeah. Um, hey D what's up? Hey y'all. How y'all doing? Hey, good, good. I'm just up. Cause you invited me. I always invite you. You do. You do. <laughs> um, oh yeah. Chris, the Osteen's uh, church shooting. I guess what? Like so, I, I didn't see a motive or a reason, but I guess some female, just, just, just saying women, looking at you, you guys can be bad too. So it was a, a female shooter that came in for some reason and what shot um, an old man and injured a kid. One person died, right? Uh, yeah. She brought, she brought the child in with her. And then that that kid, like I guess, accidentally got shot. I assume. Yeah, they haven't. I don't think they've determined whether or not the police accidentally injured the child or whether she hurt the child. But yeah, she brought the child in with her. And no one knows anything else. Oh, and she's dead, right? So we can't ask her anything. Maybe there's like a manifesto or something. Um, I'm pretty sure she was just a Calvinist. Well, I mean, you said it. Um, all right, well, that was quick. Yeah, that's all I know. Too soon. Too soon. Huh. 
Uh, good morning, Steph. Uh, feel free to join if you want. But I will just say, we had one whole week Chris free, and on the day Chris is back, <laughs> you join. But feel free to I'll send an invite if you want or whatever. But uh, glad to have you. What's up, CEO? Yeah, so Nate, here I think is the most fascinating thing about the Lakewood shooting is that if you notice, there hasn't this been this big typical outcry over gun control and all this and that. And I think it's because the left don't want to like highlight such a prominent church and make people feel sympathetic towards them. Yeah, that is a good point. It's like one of those things where it's like you're sweating bullets on that, that meme. <laughs> Everything I explain is going to be a meme from now on. But it's like you got that guy who's like sweating and he's like, there's two buttons to, buttons to push. And it's like, uh, you know, which one do you push? And it's like, uh, you hate guns and want gun control, but you hate Christians and don't want to bring attention and sympathy for them. It's like, what do I do? What do I do? It's like the godless trolley problem. It's like either one you push is going to be going to be somehow bad for you. So what do you do? It's interesting. Yeah, that's an interesting take to you. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, what is the what is the media coverage going to be like? Yeah, I, I'm with your prediction. I think it's going to go away quite quickly. Well, I mean, you. I mean, it seems like it's not going to be media coverage because if it was, it, it would already be on the news. And I just saw it randomly because someone in a Facebook group posted it. So, yeah, doesn't seem like it's going to get any media coverage. I mean, like you know, the conservative places may say like five minutes on it and like have a preacher being a guest and be like, yeah, that's bad. But yeah, <laughs> that doesn't seem like it's, it seems like it's already not a story. Yeah. It's interesting because like I was talking to somebody and they're like, well, yeah, you know, with all the school shootings and stuff that have happened and all the mass shootings, you know, in the last 10 years. And then I was like, have you ever actually read the statistics? And they're like, no, what do you mean? And I'm like, yeah, there's actually been less shootings in the last 10 years than there has traditionally been like in America. You just didn't know about it because the press didn't like trumpet it from the rooftops. And so there's been a lot of high profile wins, but yeah, somebody, somebody said, yeah, since Columbine. And I'm like, do you know that like in the 1890s, there was a school shooting with like 56 dead kids or something like that? A little lot. Was that the school you attended in the 60s? I said the 1890s. I'm not that old. Jeez. Oh, okay. Same question. <laughs> oh, I thought you said the 60s. 1890s. Gee. Yeah. That's what I'm talking except about. That, except that's when, like, fifth graders were, like, you know, like, nuclear physicists. And, uh, you know, everyone was, like, incredibly smart. And, um, yeah, now, <laughs> now it's not that way. Like, I was – like, my um, grandparents – um, we were going through some of their stuff, and I think they they pulled one time a long time ago. They pulled out like a math a math uh, test or something they had in school or, or something like that. But it it was like insane. I'm like, oh my gosh! Like I still can't do this. And it was like I think it said like fourth or fifth grade, and it was like it was from like 1915 or something. Like it was insanely hard. I'm like, wow. So and you know these are people like in the middle of the country in Oklahoma. So I'm like, uh, yeah, we, we are like, if someone wants to make a case for de-evolution, yeah, that's, that's the case you want to make. That'll probably get me on board. Yeah, I totally believe in that. I believe that as we get further away from the fall, we get dumber. 
Have you seen some idiocracy? Yeah. That's like the greatest movie. Where do you think the peak of like uh, the the peak of our uh, evolution? I don't know what other word to use. But what do you think like the zenith or the height of human achievement was? I don't know. Achievement, intelligence, just Adam. all of it. It depends on what you're judging it from. Yeah, right? the, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. So like, from a kind moral, of, yeah. because I think it's a different answer from a moral perspective versus an innovation angle. So I, I don't know which, which one you want to come from. Yeah, because like like technology, like that's kind of unfair, right? Because given enough time, like, you know, the, the people in the Bible could have figured it out. So, I mean, yeah, maybe maybe there's not a... I mean, I, I, I guess you could say Adam, but I mean, that would be like a simple creature. So maybe maybe from Chris's, like, you know, like moral, closest to, closest to God, um, less sin or something, that, that would be, or like genetically maybe. Like maybe they had great genes or whatever, um, like less messed up DNA. So maybe maybe that would be like the height of one thing. But then you've got like you know technology, which I don't know. I mean, people yeah, had to be smart to figure out technology, but as they get smart and figure it out, I, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Like at what? So judging by whatever standard that is, so when people had to be really really smart to figure out technological thing, technological things, and then when that technology, um, like calculators, right? start you had to be smart to like program and invent it but once you did then it started contributing to the down, demise of intelligence because now you had stuff to do it for you so maybe maybe whatever that metric is like what was the height of the thing that we invented that then led to our demise it's probably the calculator it's probably texas instruments calculator and like what the, the first version that was like that was probably it that's what i'm going with um yeah, I, I guess I would just quickly look at three scales, resilience, morality, and innovation. From a resilience perspective, I think we probably hit our peak in the late 60s. I think resilience has probably gone down since that time. Um, from a morality perspective, probably when social media hit, right? Um, I think that created a, a spiral. Innovation-wise, though, I think we're still going up, right? I, I, I think in terms of being innovative, I think we're still on an upward trajectory. Well, as long as we keep uh, capitalism. Yeah, there's a lot of sci-fi about that too, right? I know you're not a big sci-fi fan, Nate, but these are questions I ask in sci-fi all the time. Like Star Trek has like no less than like probably six episodes of this. Well, you know, Star Trek, when I was a kid, I was like, oh, look how great the future people are. They're so moral. But as I get older, I'm like, they're not any more moral. They just have more technology, right? If you have replicator devices and everyone can have access to food whenever they want, then you're going to become a nicer person. Well, yeah, that's kind of the, that's kind of like the, that's the argument about Star Trek, right? It's like... You know, if you live in a post-scarcity society, you know, how does that look? What does that look like? I don't know. It's interesting questions. Oh, did you accept, you know, maybe the actors who play in Star Trek, did you see that thing about Will Wheaton, how he, like, went off on uh, Larry David? No, not at all. What happened? <laughs> so, Larry David, who I don't really care for anyway, it's just not my, not my flavor of funny. 
but anyway, so Larry David was on this interview, and uh, it had Elmo was on like what NBC. It had like Elmo on there, and like Elmo's dad, and like you know a couple of the Sesame Street characters on like the the main morning show. So Larry David was there, I guess, to do an interview. Wait, so wait, like, wait, wait. pause one second. Elmo has a dad. Apparently, probably two of oh. them. All right, go on. <laughs> okay, so uh, Elmo <laughs> and his his dad uh, was was there. So uh, Larry David was like walking across the set, I guess, on the way to his inter- interview spot, and was just trying to joke. So like he goes over and like you know kind of like does fisticuffs with Elmo and kind of like you know acts like he's choking him and puts his hand on his like face and it's like ah like moving moving him around like kind of like punching him, um, and he's laughing the whole time, just like a funny little thing. So then he goes on and finishes the interview, and I guess someone like whispered to him like, "Hey, you know that's that's bad. Like, you know, kids are gonna get traumatized from that." So he's like, "Oh, hey, hey, I just want to apologize to Elmo and his dad. Yeah, sorry, Elmo, I shouldn't have done that." And he's laughing because it's stupid, and it's just like a little gag joke, ha ha moment. Anyway, so Will Wheaton like goes on this like curse-ridden tirade on on uh, Twitter or X or whatever. He's like, how the blank dare him? You should blank and know better. You don't blank and do that. Blah, blah, blah. He's an idol to generations of kids. You piece of blanking, blank, blank crap. I'm like, wow, dude. Wow. <laughs> anyway. Shut up, Wesley. Yeah, I, I I, know he was like the guy on Star Trek. You don't, get, you don't get the reference. Like, dude, you need to, you need to get some culture. Is that like Data talking to him or something because he was an obnoxious little kid? No, it was, it was Captain Picard in an episode, and there's literally like a little sound clip of him saying, Shut up, Wesley. <laughs> I mistook your uh, Picard voice for uh, the robot. That's fair. Man, Star Trek is not my thing. Like, maybe if I had to watch it, had to watch it again, it was like new now. I give it a shot, but I mean, Dude, I have a feeling. Strange New Worlds. Strange New Worlds is excellent. Like, it is so good. Like, it is extremely well done. Does and it stand as, alone? Yeah. It stands alone. You don't have to know anything about Star Trek. You can just pop in. It's about Captain Pike, who was the, the captain of the Enterprise before Kirk. And it is just... Like, I would give it a shot, dude. I think you would really like that show. Hmm. Strange New Worlds. How many seasons are there? There's two right now. They're making the third. So, and it, le- it leaves on a cliffhanger. So, my son, you know, my son has grown up in like, you know, streaming world, right? You know, where he could just binge watch whatever. He's like, all right, what happens? And I'm like, dude, welcome to 1997. He's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, you got to wait a year before the next episode comes out. He was outraged. This child was like, what? Oh, I'm he pretty so excited bad. that uh, the new season of Halo is apparently out now. Hey, uh, who's talking in chat? Aaron, if you have anything to say, feel free to jump over. It looks like you have a lot, you're, you're going back and forth in, in chat that no one else can see uh, who's listening. If you have any of those questions you want to bring over to voice, just let us know. I mean, the way you're talking, I have a feeling you know what agnostic means, but you said, what does agnostic mean? Um, were you asking that for your benefit, or it seems like you're pretty on point with the Calvinism stuff? Aaron is um, our gay Christian friend. I don't think I know him. Chris, did you check out um, Star Trek uh, Discover at all? Because um, one interesting thing that happened there is like they skipped 600 years into the future and Earth has become like an Earth first place and it no longer is participating in the global, um, in the global uh, 
union or whatever it's called. Uh, federation for no longer. So I, I thought that was interesting because it, they basically have a big shift in behavior. Yeah, <clears throat> Discovery's hot trash. Everybody, everybody hates it. So like, it's just like they. So what Strangely Worlds did right is they literally they started with the Discovery writers room, and they literally fired everyone from Discovery and then just started <laughs> again. And it was like a hilarious like story. And so basically, like they, they were like, "No, this is trash. We're gonna, we're gonna go back." And so one of the cool things about if you've watched the original series, like the 1960s Star Trek, there's so many callbacks because it takes place in the same era, and so the uniforms and there's like sounds of the ship and there's just like all kinds of nerd stuff that like if you're a big fan of the original series, it just hits all those spots. So that may be part of my confirmation bias because my kid just finished watching all of star trek the original series and then we watched strange new worlds and he was just like he was jumping on the couch excited like you know every time he heard like a little sound or something he's like that's the sound <laughs> well since we're open to share this weekend my daughter had a volleyball tournament and they won so they're the champions of the 16U. We went out to Montgomery, so oh, that's pretty cool. Yep, volleyball. Wait, what's a 16U? Six, 16 and under. Oh. Yeah. So are you like a volleyball mom, like next level, where you get where you have like the uh, you know like the shirts and yeah. your face and all that? No, I don't paint my face, but I am kind of next <laughs> level. I'm a volleyball mom, soccer mom, cheer mom, and just starting basketball mom. So, yeah, there's that. All girls, all girls. So, D, I just went on a field trip with my son to the eighth grade field trip for Washington, D.C. So they're all 14-year-olds. Let me tell you something. I, I would have paid good American money to rather have had you as a chaperone on this trip than most of the, the cheer moms that were on this trip. It was... These ladies were, uh, they were next level terrible. So Chris, did you, did you just go to the trip to like, just, just like make sure no one's like drowning or getting like abducted or did you have a hand in molding the, uh, these ideas? Like, were you, were you like a tour guide at all? Like, instead of being like, now here's the monuments at Lincoln be like, here's where the uh, satanic layers happen. This is where the demonic possession fills the halls of Congress. Like, uh, did you, did you have a hand in instructing these uh, youthful minds at all? Or this is when January sticks occurred. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. We went this to is the where Capitol. the greatest insurrection ever happened. Did, did you have a hand in that, Chris? Um, no, but all the kids ask me questions all the time. They, they were is like, it great when you don't succeed, though? <laughs> 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 is it great? It, it was, it was, it was, it was low key. It was, it was no Boston Tea Party. I'm just gonna say it was no Boston Tea Party. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, like, so we had the greatest tour guide for the Capitol. Like, this dude was awesome. He was like forty something African American dude, and he just he knew he had encyclopedic knowledge of history and of every nook and cranny of the capital and like kids would ask him the most bizarre off the wall questions and that man had an answer and then related it back to history and showed them how it would i mean 
he was the greatest tour guide of any tour guide that I have ever had. And this was only a 20 minute tour. Like if I could spend, like I would pay really good money to just spend like a day with this guy showing us around DC. Like that guy was amazing. Like, I mean, smart as a whip, knew his history. Like he was showing us, Nate, you would love this, right? So he shows us the, um, the Masonic ring that Harry Truman is wearing in his statue in the Capitol. He's like, oh, you know, you might want to see this. And he knew he was talking to a Christian group, and he was like, yeah, so look at these vases. And so this is, um, these were vases about the the early Greek philosophers. Um, And then there was like a, a second vase that was like more, more modern. And they were like, yeah. And, you know, he actually said, this was hilarious. He's like, well, um, when a certain, uh, a certain party was elected to Congress, they elected to turn these vases so that you can't see the cross on one of the vases. <laughs> and so he's like, look behind the, look behind the, the vase, kids, you'll see the cross. And so all the kids were like taking pictures like behind the vase. It was, I mean, this dude was like, he was unbelievable. So his knowledge of the Capitol was like your knowledge of heresies. Really? That's what you're doing now? No. This guy, <laughs> this guy was... Conspiracy stuff, like where the underground yeah. tunnels are and, and that type oh, of thing? yeah. I mean, these kids, are, they didn't care. They was didn't he care just like, no, it never doesn't exist. doesn't exist. No, he's like, it's right down there. <laughs> you guys... He was, he was awesome, man. Like, yeah, I dude. wish I was 10% as smart as this guy. Um, I went to, When I went to D.C. over... Was it the summer? It was it was recently. I went to D.C. and I went to the Civil Rights Museum. And if you walk in there, you know, they take you from the beginning all the way to the end of the civil rights movement or whatever. And um, so I'm walking in the place where they're talking about slavery and I, you can read the different little plaques. It's a lot of reading. It's a lot of reading. And there was this one plaque that was like, some slaves weren't treated bad. Their masters dressed them up in cute clothes. I was like, really? Y'all do? (laughs) Really? I was like, it sounds like how you like take a dog and you put clothes on it and then you bring the dog everywhere. That's the example of how some slaves weren't treated bad. I was just like, I need to get out of here because what are we doing? (laughs) Well, I mean, I thought, so we went to that same museum. I thought it was... She had a question. She left. Oh. We took too long. Oh, there she is. No, she is. There she is. Yeah, hurry up so we can get to Gia. I don't like going. People leave. Go ahead, Chris. And then we'll go to Gia. No, I was just say, like, I, I felt a lot of it was really even-handed um, and done pretty well, um, especially in the earlier stuff. And then the, the kind of the more woke stuff, you know, started emerging, like, later on in the displays. But it was a great opportunity because, like, one of my kids is an autist that I, I was in charge of three kids. One of my kids, they always give me the autistic kids. Um, I, I don't know. Cause I guess, I guess I do well with them because I just treat them like human beings and expect the same behavior. Um, so anyway, this kid, he's an African American kid, you know, he's 14. And I was like, you know, he's kind of taken all this in and he's kind of confused by it. He's asking me a lot of questions. And then, um, my son and this other Brazilian kid, you know, they're kind of running around and I was like, all right. And then I end up with like five other kids somehow, because there's just, it's just a very big museum. And I was like, all right, I need to give these guys a task. So there's an Emmett Till memorial there. And so I was like, all of you kids need to go through this thing. And then I need you to tell me 
who Emmett Till was, how old he was, what happened in his court case, and, um, <clears throat> you know, what the results were. And so, like, you give these kids, like, a little research project like that, and they were all about it, dude. And they came back, and they gave me a full report on Emmett Till, and it was awesome. Like, Chris, you might have something. you might have a future in teaching. Think about that. Uh, Gia, uh, what's up? Hi. Um, so I've been running into a lot of Jehovah's Witnesses lately, and I was just wondering if anyone knows any good questions that I could ask them if I run into them again that could, like, challenge them and make them think that they really need Jesus. That is a good question. I, I mean, I, I, I guess I know a lot that I would, I would say you could ask, but I mean, you know, short of divine intervention, I don't know the chances of success because, you know, if their indoctrination is pretty strong and you're just asking them a question, like one question, one that they probably heard a lot of times. I mean, I don't know how much yeah, it, it's going to make you, them think. If you're not Bible savvy, you don't want to tumble with the Jehovah Witnesses. You got to know that Bible up and down, back and forth. And you said, what was your question? If they really need Jesus? Is that what you said? Yeah, because um, they think Jesus is a God. They don't think that he's the one true God. So the, they do believe that salvation is through Jesus, though. So Okay. Yeah, I don't know do anything. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Were you, the, like... Let me tell you, them Jehovah Witnesses know the Bible so much that I have a friend who's a Jehovah Witness. Like, when I, like, what about that verse of this? I just go to her and she tells me where it's at and everything. They know the Bible. So you just, if you don't know your doctrine, it's very hard to uh, have a conversation with a Jehovah Witness. This is very, that's all they do all day is read that Bible. And I'm pretty sure that if you stump them and they just say they have to go bring their elder back, yeah. so you're just inviting more visits to your house. Do you want to do that? <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. So, Gia, let me, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say read a book. That's not my intention here. But what I'm gonna say is, there is a very good book that you can go through, and chapter by chapter, it teaches you how to deal with Jehovah's Witnesses. It's called Reasoning from the Scriptures with the Jehovah's Witnesses by Ron Rhodes. That's R H O D E S. Um, my wife and I both went through that book together, and then we had a couple of witnesses come to the house. My wife was able to do, I think, 22 weeks in a row with witnesses, just using the content of that book. And she got so many of them to start questioning that our house got banned. So they'll, like, ban you. So, like, the elder finally came after, like, 22 weeks of the study, and all my wife did was ask questions. And so Ron Rhodes's book is invaluable. Um, he was part of Walter Martin's group, um, CRI, um, and uh, it, it's just, it's so well done. Um, and it has copies, it has photocopies of Watchtower stuff that you can reference. It's just, it's really well done. It's called Reasoning from the Scriptures with the Jehovah's Witnesses. Thank you. What's the author's name again, please? It is Ron Rhodes. Kind of like the Colossus of Rhodes in the city. R-H-O-D-E. I can't spell Rhodes. R-H-O-D-E-S. It's like Randy Rhodes.
great guitar player. Thank you. But one of the things I did do in DC is there was a JW thing. And so we had a little bit of time after the White House because the White House tour was so lame. Like they, it, it was literally like a five minute tour where they just walked you through like a little, a little bit of the White House, like a tiny little part of the East Wing. And then you're out. And like people thought like the exit was like going to a different place in the White House. No, it's just the exit. Just get out and you can't go back in. And so like, Oh, these kids were like rushing through and I'm like, kids, calm down. They're like, well, we need to see a lot of stuff. And I was like, okay, but like, let's just slow down. And like a bunch of the moms and a bunch of other people, they just went through this thing and they were done at the White House and like, like the security screening took like 40 minutes. And then like, you know, you saw the White House for like maybe four minutes total. It was crazy. Oh. You, you said that you'd rather have D there to help chaperone because the other moms were like awful. And by other moms, do you consider yourself a mom? Um, but why yes. were they so, why were they so bad? Like, wait, wait, okay. What was it? So it was like, it's a private Christian school, right? So did you guys like rent a bus and there was like three or four teachers, a bus driver, and then like it, what, five to 10 parents who went along to supervise? Is that kind of the makeup? So there were 60 kids and there was 20 parents plus teachers, okay. plus four teachers. So it and was, what quite, was the quite a large group. What was the dad-mom ratio? Were you like the only well, dad? Oh, no. You have to have dads because they have to room with the kids. Like, so that's part so of the even, even amounts. So even amount. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. And so I guess the dads were all okay, but the women were awful? Some of the women were awful. Some of them were fine. but like, Were some of the dads yeah. awful? Oh, yeah. There was this one guy who's a Roman Catholic and a lawyer. And this guy. <laughs> Is that why he, he was awful? What a terrible nah, he just wanted. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> he wanted a piece of everybody. And I was just like, because he likes to argue. He's a lawyer, right? You know, and I'm just like, oh, my gosh. Like, I'm just going to say his first name, like Jim. You know, like, because at one point he was talking about Greece and everything. And I mentioned my friend Antonis and, like, kind of the tragedy about, like, he's been, you know, kind of separated from his family because he became a Christian. And he was like, oh, well, wasn't he already a Christian? And I'm like, no, that's not how it works. He was, he was Greek Orthodox. He's like, yeah, they're Christians. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I can't, I can't. Like, yeah, clearly they're shunning him because he's just a different stripe of Christian. Like, no, that's just not, yeah. So, okay, so you, you mentioned the moms though. What was wrong with the mamas? Or were they just like? Oh my gosh, just like this one lady just whining about literally everything. You know, she's, so I didn't know. Okay. So I go on this trip. You have to understand my wife is a decent, modest, beautiful lady that just doesn't, she's, she is the epitome of first Timothy two, right? She is not adorning herself. Right. She just, this is just not who she is. She's never been that way. We've been together since we were teenagers. Right. So like we got together when I was 19 and she was 18. So like, like I, you know, I've known her longer than she was single. So anyway, so, um, I didn't know what Lululemon is. Oh you yeah. That's what a this is? Too. Yeah. It's a curse. Oh my gosh. So All like school kids are wanting it now. Oh yeah. And it's like, it's like really insanely expensive. Cause I started looking this up and I was just like, cause I looked up this lady's purse or like her bag, I guess it wasn't even a purse. And it was like hundreds of dollars for this thing. For the same thing I got at Ross for like 20 bucks. I'm just like, huh. And just like the, just the, the, I don't know what's the best, best, I don't want to say privilege, but like 
that doesn't sound like the right word, but just spoiled. Oh, just, just say like, Chris. Just say privilege. I guess privilege. I don't know. I'm looking for the right word. Help me out, dude. Yeah. Like, what is it like? The that, like, like just the, like like just you have like you just have to have like all the all the like high society like vapid like meaningless just like i gotta have this i gotta have this i gotta have the latest and greatest i gotta have the newest thing i can't believe we're staying in an embassy suites all places like, the place was nice like i mean i was like oh yeah it was nice and it was beautifully appointed and like it was clean and you know and like this lady just everything was just beneath her it was just it was crazy well the google women thing like the way i know i i heard of them I guess first in a, in a newsmaking way um, was because what, like a couple, six, maybe six months ago now, they fired an employee who tried to get a shoplifter. So like someone was like ripping off their store. I forget where, but um, I don't know if it was a flagship store or what, but anyway, someone, um, they were like stealing like tons of crap. Like I think it was over a thousand dollars worth of stuff. And an employee like tried to tried to stop them. Like it, it was a woman, like not physically, just like, hey, stop. Hey, you got to pay for that. Hey, stop, 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 stop. And they're making a big deal trying to get help stopping a shoplifter. And um, they fired her for trying to do that. They're like, no, no, no. You don't stop shoplifters. You just let them go. And, you know, it was. It was, uh, it, it they was the should have fired her. Of course they should have fired her. That's uh, that's probably some type of liability situation. People do not need to be trying to save the day over some clothes. Like, your life is worth more than this stuff that's in the store that's not even worth how much they put the tag on it. And they know that. And if something happened to that lady, she could sue them. She should have been like, you know, that's dumb. Hey, what about no clothes? It no, you're, cho- you're chopping up pretty bad. Yeah, I think that's what they said. Is it was a policy? Is it? It was. Yeah, we we can't hear you. You're chopping up right now. But it, it, they said it was because of some kind of policy thing. But she was very white, and the thief was very black. Um, so I mean, if it was technically a policy thing, then I guess fine. But that's right at the same time, like everyone was making big deals about like the nine hundred dollar limit, like how you can steal nine hundred dollars of stuff, and it's a misdemeanor. Um, so it just seems like I don't know. Who knows the motivation, but that, that's what it made the news for. So that's all I got. So, yeah, she violated policy. Then I guess technically they need to fire her. Um, but it, it just seems really, like, sticky situation. Like, maybe they did it for more than a policy violation. Maybe it was to, like, garner social credit or social scores or something like that. I don't know. Did you figure out? You, can you talk uh, again? Can, can you hear me now? Sales. Are you able to hear me? Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. No, what I'm saying is liability. If something would have happened to that woman, she could have went back and sued the store. You know what I'm saying? So do you read the policy? That's serious. Like, stop chasing. These clothes ain't even worth the tag that is on them. Like, they know that. They know these clothes ain't worth it. All it is is a name. It's like that store that the Payless shoes were put in, like, Beverly Hills, and they called it Pillage and upcharged everybody, like, four to $500, and dumbass people were just, who oh, apologize for my cousin, came in there and was just buying it because of the name. They know that this this stuff is not worth it. So, no. If the policy says do not chase a shoplifter, don't chase them. You don't know what could happen to you from some clothes that don't even belong to you. You're not even the owner. That's crazy. I wouldn't. I'd be like, here you go. Here's your size. Your size is over there, too, if you need some extra stuff. <laughs> D with the voice of reason. 
Yeah, anyways, I bring up the le- the Lululemon because, I don't know, just everything was just like, everything was terrible and, oh, I can't believe, you know, and, and I got separated from my kid at the White House as if, like, the Secret Service is, like, you know, concerned with you being separated from your 14-year-old for four minutes. Like, you know, it's just, <clears throat> it's the most secure place on the planet. There's nothing going to happen to your 14-year-old. Like, calm down, lady. Like, what, what do you think's going to happen? It was just weird. I don't know. And besides, that kid is a chip off the old block. Nobody would want that kid. Oh, they're they're the mom's kid. Yeah, this is a girl that I caught um, canoodling with her, you know, little fourteen-year-old boyfriend at the Holocaust Museum, and I was like, "Child, get out of there!" Because they like found a little corner and they were like canoodling. That's why her mama Kate is not even watching her. Her mama not even watching her. No, <laughs> what you doing? <laughs> or she doesn't care I can't. or whatever. I don't know. Dude, That's crazy. I don't know. Like I I have my daughters on a leash. Like I know where they all at all the time. You know how if you train I'm not saying the kids are gonna be perfect, but if you train your kid, they the kid know what they can and cannot get away with with you. You know what I'm saying? Like my kids know what they can get away with with me, what's gonna make what they can wear me down in, and then they know what they know I'm not playing with that. You know what I'm saying? So it's she ain't watching that kid at home, let alone at this uh, Holocaust museum. I'm just saying. Right, like we had one job as chaperones. I had three kids. I had my own kid. I had the two other kids, and my whole job was just have them stick to me, and they did that. They were good. Like. You know, they were following me around like ducks. It was great. I had no problems. Other other chaperones, they were just clueless, man. It's like, where are your kids? I don't know. Like, are you serious right now? Like, you're you have one job, one job, sir, one job. These okay. will be the parents blaming the school when they can't come up missing. It's the school's fault. It's so the I got the story. Fault. So I post a story on uh, you know on chat if anyone wants to see it, but. Yeah, so the gist of it is it's this whole, you know, what actually happened versus all the other uh, political stuff. So, you know, Lou and Lewin, apparently, they're, I mean, they're kind of known among critics as being, like, all super woke because of their, like, you know, LGBT marketing campaigns and just, like, you know, kind of uh, appealing to, to that genre or that grouping of people and, and just, like, all the left, like, kind of kowtowing cow or whatever to, to the left uh, ideas. And... Anyway, so yeah, it was two women, and it was it said like three men was like robbing the place, and two women like it says confronted. Like I can't find out what they actually did, but you know, two women are probably not going to try to like you know pile drive three dudes. Um, so I don't know what confronted means. Maybe it means yelling or something. But it said they finally called the cops, and it said they did it because they were between the door and the people who are running at them with all the crap, and um, they didn't feel safe or know what else to do, and you know, so they they just yelled at them, and then they called the cops. Um, and I guess, I guess that's the gist of the story. So, I mean, if it's a zero tolerance policy and someone's in between me and the door, I mean, I don't know. I guess zero means zero. We'd be like, Hey, stop. Hey, stop. I mean, if that's kind of how it went, I wouldn't fire anyone. That's ridiculous. Um, I mean, if two women tried to go fight three men, um, then yeah, I mean, I guess if they engaged on a physical level, which I can't imagine happening, um, then that would be bad. Don't do that. Um, anyway, that's the whole story. 
So a lot of people are saying, like, like half the people are saying, well, zero means zero, so fire them. And on the other hand, it's like, well, if you're not protecting your employees and keeping them safe and they don't know what else to do, I mean, it is kind of instinct being a moral, decent person to be like, hey, stop that. That's not yours. I mean, maybe if it was just a, you know, reaction or whatever, you're freaking out because there's guys running at you with armloads of stuff. Um, you know, it's like fight or flight. Like even if fight's not important, I mean, maybe it, it garners some yelling at someone. I don't know. Anyway, I'll put the story in chat if anyone wants to read it. Nate, what, are you saying are you saying that you would uh, be in there like, hey, evildoer, stop? <laughs> are you be in front of the door, hold it down? No, get your ass out the way, <laughs> move. Let these people. I'm not protecting no store and their items. Y'all can have it, and y'all can have this zero policy. When they leave, I'll call the police, and then I'll let you know what they look like. I'm not saving no store, and I don't think it has to do with morality. It's just the morality is, it's like, why am I here getting paid $15 an hour, putting my life on the line? I'm going to watch. I'm thinking about my kids. I'm not saving nobody. I think I'm being misunderstood. <laughs> um, one, uh, yes, I totally saved the day after I dip into the changing room and come out in my, like, mask and costume, my <laughs> Um, But... No, I'm, I'm not saying like morality compels them to do that. Like in rational thought, I'm, I'm saying like in a, in a rational, if you're a rational, reasonable, decent human, uh, you know, it's instinctual. So if someone had the time, but there's also like the adrenaline rush, right? So it's like, oh my gosh, what's going on? Ah, how do I do? Ah, like these guys are running at me. Um, it, so there's like an adrenaline rush. So you're not always able to think clearly. So you go to like your base, like driving force. So it's like, you know, for some people that may be fight or flight. And you full on tackle them for other people it may be to run away. Um, if you can't run away because you know you're between the exit and them, and the only way to run is towards them or out the door that they're going to be running through too, um, you, you may like short circuit a little bit and be confused. So you know it's like however you get shocked and it's like the first instinct, like you know, right? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth mouth speaks. And whenever the, uh, the someone saying they're a Christian, it's like get surprised like oh bleep, 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 bleep. it's like oh i didn't mean to do that i didn't mean to do that it's like oh that's what your heart really thinks because you did it when you're surprised oh that tells us what you really mean well in the same way you know you're gonna like revert to like you know base instincts so if your base instinct is to like not be a thieving demon um whenever you get surprised even if you had a moment to be like okay i know this is wrong but i'm not risking my life for 15 bucks an hour i'm just gonna like i don't know duck and hide somewhere uh but you don't get to have that rational thought process because you're you're just caught off guard. You're, hey, uh, stop. <laughs> Even while you're thinking, that was so stupid. Why am I doing this? I just got their attention. But it's just like in the moment, like you it, you just blurt stuff out because you're, you're like shell-shocked. Um, that's what I, I meant. I definitely, I definitely get what you're saying, Nate, because I have those moments. Like I've seen like two little girls at Six Flags fighting each other, and I knew they were sisters, and I jumped in. I said, hey. You guys stop that. Your sisters and your parents wouldn't be. So, yes, I, I definitely get that. Or like you in a volleyball little... game when you tackle people. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. I definitely I definitely get that. But at the Lululemon, I'll be thinking like, didn't they get mad at me for being late the other day? I ain't saving nothing. <laughs> I mean, I, mean I, I am with you. I am with you 100%. Like, I mean... <laughs> Well, I mean, first of all, I guess... They cut my hours short to give it to Sassy. I'm not giving them nothing. (laughs) No, but I get what you're saying, though. Uh, Michael, where do you stand on um, sales of women's tight athletic knit pants and preventing theft of them? Well, that's... um, 
about the lead, the, the last thing I expected to hear is discussion and ask a Christian. Um, We've got all kinds of episodes, all kinds of topics. It's oddly specific, right? Oddly specific. Yeah, it's, it's weird, but I think first and foremost, before I comment on that, Nate, I wholeheartedly agree with you that morality is instinctual and not based at all on, on a god. So thank you for coming over to my side. Well, because um, you're made the image of a god, whether you like it or not. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, well, if they, if they, well, if that's the case, then God is an ape. Um, but, um, so, okay, so... Yeah, catch, the scripture teaches that. Catch catch me up. I, I, I'd love to see where it says in the Bible where it says God is an ape. Um, but... Um, Wait, did you say innate or an ape? ape he said an, an ape. ape. Yeah. Yeah, because ape. he's talking, he's talking physically, like you know, because he came from an ape or whatever. And I'm talking, you know, mind, will, emotions, the ability to reason and think like that, Michael. <laughs> oh no, we didn't. We didn't come from no, Nate. We didn't come from apes. We are apes. Like we're as yeah, much apes sh- as, sh- as yeah. Sure, sure, much- but that sure, but that that's how. What I'm saying is that's how you're approaching it. Um, and I'm saying no, no. My not, woke not- position finds that to be offensive. My woke position. Yes, Michael, grovel. Grovel, Michael, grovel. I have spent many years not being considered a monkey. We're not going to do that today. We're not going to do that. When somebody somebody tells me that they're offended, I always, my next question is, I'm still waiting to hear what your argument is. Um, But when, uh, but, but Nate, you'll have to catch me up on what you mean by the the sale or or theft of tight pants, because I don't, I don't get it. Uh, we were just kind of talking about the Lululemon uh, thing that happened like a few, several months ago, maybe a year at this point. How um, two women employees working for Lululemon um, were fired because apparently three uh, um, guys robbed a bunch of stuff at the place, and they were just like running out the store. And these women like confronted them. I imagine not physically, um, but like you know yelled at them or yelled stop or confronted them somehow. And sure. um, they got fired because of a zero tolerance policy on engaging with shoplifters, you know, for the safety of their employee. Um, but, but so like, that's what the, uh, the people on the side of Moon Women are saying. And they're like, no, no, that means never because we want to keep you safe. Uh, but then the critics are saying, including the employees, like we didn't feel safe. We didn't feel protected. Like we don't, we didn't know what else to do. Um, so that's their reason. And, and the people are saying, well, they're using their zero tolerance policy as a loophole because they wouldn't always act on that, but they acted on it in this case, instead of like a write-up or something like that in education, they just fired them because they didn't want to be perceived as being racist because, you know, I, I, for example, I don't know the exact race, but just for example, because, you know, the, the women employees were, uh, let's just say white. Um, and the attackers or the uh, robbers were, were black or dark skin. Um, so they didn't oh, want to, they're, so they're, they're basically saying, no, you did this because you're woke. You would never fire a black person who did that to white people. Um, you're using your policy as a cover. And they're saying, no, no, we just didn't know what else to do. Um, anyway, that's what we're talking about. And you got a lot of feedback. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah, I blame so my wife. I blame my wife's car. I'm driving it today. Um, so, yeah, so I think, um, I think primarily I like, I, so I would take the stance that, yeah, no, like, I don't care what it is, like, that you're, you know, that you're guarding is not worth your life, so have at it. Um, like, I'm talking, like, if you're, like, retail or something like that, like, just, yeah, oh, you want the pants? Take the pants. But you want more pants? Take more pants. Exactly. Just don't, don't Your care. size is over there. Here's your size. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, take, yeah, take all of the pants. Um, 
but and I also think that but I think that just firing them is also pretty short sighted. I mean, it I mean, it's like like, yes, I think that uh, I'm not sure that protected protection of other people's property or stuff like that is a, as basic a human instinct as self-preservation, for example. But I mean, I mean, the person the person might have found or, or had some type of moral obligation to say, hey, that's not yours. It's wrong for you to steal it. Don't steal that stuff. So if anything, like if, if I was the employer, I would say, well, I certainly wouldn't fire the person. But what I would say is, you know, you know, hey, you know, look, <clears throat> it's a piece of clothing. It's not worth your life. Maybe, you know, here's a you know, here's a here's a training course on why this stuff isn't worth your life and take that and then go back to work. I think that's what I would do or say. Yeah, like send them back to the indoctrination camp. <laughs> But yeah, that's, that's was it was it one employee that was fired or was like several? Uh, it seems like it was two. I posted the story there on the side, um, but it seems like it was two employees and three people robbing. Well, anyway, so my new my new hot take is uh, ladies decked out in all Lululemon are objectively terrible. Is that like, just for your deep seated hatred of women or? <laughs> I thought you were going to say objectively rich because Lululemon pants are a hundred bucks a pair. I know this is so. We, we were talking about Michael is like I just went on this DC trip with all the other eighth graders, um, and so all the other chaperones were there, and this there was this lady who was just just terrible, man. Like you know, just complaining about everything, and you know, always on the verge of tears, and you know, oh the 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 walking is too much, and. You know, this feels like a death march. You know? <laughs> I mean, like, just this kind of thing. And this is the lady that's, like, decked out in probably $2,000 worth of Lululemon, like, every day. Um, yeah. It's just, it was, it was objectively terrible. Well, Chris, don't you know you can pray for anything you want and it will be done. So if you want Lululemon, just pray for it. And um, the Bible says God has to give it to you. I mean, as good as I would look in Lululemon pants. Um, <laughs> like yoga stretch pants, I can't. I, I gotta burn my. my yeah, mouth. yeah, yeah. You started it, you <laughs> sir. You brought a destruction upon yourself. I repent of that. Well, so I guess if it, if we're confessing our sins today, I will say that uh, that my wife. One of the things my wife said she hates about me is how good my legs are. <laughs> And you replied, "Thank you, darling. You are also beautiful." Uh, that's a that's a middle range answer. All right. Oh Stay hey, today. what's everyone doing for Valentine's Day? Anything special? I don't Let's celebrate see. pagan holidays. Oh yeah, good. Ah. Thank you. That's what I got to tell my wife. I'm like, oh, I wanted to do everything for you, but we don't celebrate celebrate pagan holidays. So I'm sorry. Well, so we've you're been, welcome. You're welcome. Yeah, so, yeah we've had uh, like we're we're doing an ex extra special um, deep fried baby. Uh, so what we're doing, like I've, I've I kidnapped this this toddler um, about six months ago, and I've had it in a cage in my basement to make sure it's nice and tender for. <laughs> um, you know, so like we we, all, we I thought always, he I thought he was dead serious, and then I heard what you said, and I was like, oh, he's playing. Oh, he's, he's, he's still be serious. Um, yeah, he does have that red outfit on. on. Yeah, we always go we always go full out, you know. And then of course, you know, we'll we'll uh, you know we'll pray to Molech, 
and and all that other stuff and then we'll you know we'll we'll have sex in the blood of the baby and stuff you know all that good stuff that wow. sounds about right that sounds about what you you people do yeah that's, that's, that that sounds about right i don't know man <laughs> not, a little, not a little too far no that's what they do, do you it's mean, okay what do you mean by you people you pagans! Yes. You pagans do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the Bible says, you know, don't take on the customs of the pagans and the heathens. So, you know, I'm I'm not gonna be celebrating uh Valentine's Day. I think every day we should just do something for our loved ones just because so having a just because moment is probably better than falling into the commercialization of see, our Heavenly Father knew that the commercialization was going to happen. And then we'll fall victim and trapped into commercialization. And then you spend all your money and fall into debt and all of this stuff over some nonsense that nobody really wants and the flowers die anyway. So what are we doing? Yeah, you know what's really interesting is, D, I actually, I agree with you a thousand percent on that. And actually my wife, like many years ago, she told me, she said, she said, the last thing I want you to do is buy me overpriced flowers one day of the year. Um, so she, like, she's, she's told me like, there's like, there's like a, an embargo. Like I'm not, if I'm going to buy her flowers, fine. I, I do it all the time anyway, but I am, I am not to, I mean, of course, I mean, she's not going to divorce me if I buy her flowers on Valentine's day, but she's always said, you know, it's like, please don't. She's like, all they do is jack up the price for that one day a year. You know, it's like, you know, buy them a week before or a week after. It doesn't mean, doesn't mean anything different to me. Oh, someone in chat. One of my, one exactly one of my projects in college. Mm. was uh you know i was an econ major one of my projects was i tracked the price of roadside rose stands for like <laughs> six months and well it probably wasn't six months it was in, in one semester so i guess three months and uh wrote a paper on like correlating the prices of roses with the dates and also with weather it was really interesting someone in chat says uh when exactly is Jesus return? Well, funny thing, I was listening to podcasts and they had like call in people and, um, you know, you never know who, like the podcast I hear is pretty sketchy on its own. So, you know, the callers are extra. So this guy calls in with a prophecy. Um, and, uh, the end of 2024, uh, Joe Biden is going to, I think what they say about him, he's going to be not a factor one way or another. Um, felt like kind of CIA vibes, <laughs> but, um, anyway, so, uh, and uh, the election is going to be canceled and the globalists are going to destroy the deep state. But in doing so, that will give rise to the Antichrist. So based on the caller this morning from the random podcast I heard, uh, in about three and a half, four and a half years from now, Jesus will probably be returning. Um, take that for what you will. <laughs> that, so that sounds about right. That sounds biblical. Uh, I mean, I, you know, inter said, an internet caller. Just said he didn't know the day or the hour, but that rando prophet, they got it. Yeah, he was right on the right on the spot, <laughs> right on the spot. Hey, Nate, can you do me a favor? Can you send me a calendar invite for that? Because I don't want to miss it. Uh, well, it'd have to be for. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, you know, I mean, I guess it wouldn't be wrong if if I was like, hey, you know, Jesus is returning somehow, some some sometime between right now and you know, infinity. So, in I mean, the I future, <laughs> right now and yeah, in the future. Between right now and the future. So, I mean, I guess technically that person would be right. But you also, it's not specific enough, so you can't send a calendar invite, so they can never be wrong. Like, it hadn't happened yet. hadn't happened yet. Hey, we're in Stardate Galactico, like $4 billion. Still hadn't happened yet. Is that right, Chris? I use the Star Trek Stardate, right? No, not really, but that's okay. 
Uh, yeah, no one knows the day or the hour. Christ returns when you die. So when you die, your body will be back with him or not. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, just um, end up so, on the right so, side of things. Hey, we yeah. Got, we got questions. So, all right. So DC oh, called it. He had the exact same question I did. And so aren't globalists and deep staters the same groups? Very That's what I thought. This. That's what I thought. Yeah, you're the conspiracy guy, so you can tell us. You mean the fact finder? What? Uh, okay. Well, it's like, I mean, it's not, um, yes. uh, hang on. I, about all the conspiracies so I'm, I'm, well, well, wait, I mean, the things I'm right about, oh, I'm looking at right now. Travis Kelsey's blowing up on, uh, hey, let me watch this real fast. This is where Kelsey blows up. Anyone watch the Super Bowl that remembers that? Hang on. Yeah, I thought Give it was really second. crazy. He basically attacked uh, the coach. Like it was, I, I'm yeah. like, if I would have been the coach, I'd have thrown him out of the game. I'd be like, go have a yeah, dude. He, he, he dude. He almost knocks him over. Like I'm watching it right now. Again, he comes up like shoves into him. It wasn't just like a dispute. Look at that. Like catches Reed off guard. The dude almost falls over, and he's like yelling and screaming. I would have fired that fired that punk right there. Just I do call it. that the Taylor Swift effect. He think he can't be touched. Oh, right saying. now, now, now Kelsey's gonna write sad boyfriend breakups about Reed get like firing him or finding him or something. Dude, that is that is such trash. Like, oh man, that makes me mad just watching that. It's like, does he not have enough money and fame? Like, just like throw a freaking fit, like fire him. Anyways, okay, what was the question? Yeah, so it's like all fingers are uh, all thumbs are fingers, but not all fingers are thumbs. So, um, you you can have some crossover. I don't know which would go to what, but um. You know, if you're a deep stater, right, that typically means you're involved, like, in, in uh, just embedding yourself in, in whatever government that is. Let's say the United States. So if you're, like, a deep state, blah, 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 whatever, that has been there forever, then you want to start, like, you know, deep networks that are going to last long after you're, you're gone. Or you still have, like, power even after you're, after you're retired or after you're out of office or whatever, whatever your field is, how you still have back channels that you can exert power and basically never be removed. So even if you get fired, even if you resign or whatever, um, you know, until the end of time, you and people like you still have access to that. And you can still have your will being done behind the scenes. Um, but to be a globalist, um, you know, that means you want you got kind of like one more government mentality, right? Like you want all things connected. You want like, you know, central bank digital currency. And then you don't want to stop with your nation. You want to, you know, you want to bring everything like the WHO, the health organization. So you don't want a lot of these independent countries, much less states and things like that, having their own things that like can conflict with your rule. You want one set of rules to basically rule the globe. So even though that can probably never happen, I think globalists would admit that would never happen to that degree. That's the idea. You want the, you want the simplest set of answers for the maximum number of people or countries or stuff like that. Um, so you, you just everyone's in lockstep on the same page as much as possible with as few differences. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you could be a deep state person like in America who's like playing that game. It's like, oh, yes, I want all the stuff the globalists want. I want one set of rules for everyone. That's fine. That's fine. You know, I buy into their clubs. But you could also secretly be a deep state person that's like, yes, yes, on the surface, I'm on the board with them. But in reality, uh, you know, I'm embedding myself so deep into this like, you know, secret network in my own government that it doesn't matter if the, my own country is part of this globalist thing. Um, you know, me and my special secret group, of course, still going to do things just how we want. We're going to like run it undercover. There you go. That's your lesson for today, kids. I have a comment and a question. <laughs> so my comment is 
I learned about the deep state watching Scandal. That's when I was really like, oh, that's what that is. That's my comment. I don't know if you ever watched Scandal, but it's, it, it does a very good job of indicating what the deep state is. And then my question is, why does Christ have a problem with globalization? I feel like that's a that has been a major issue. And, and is that biblical? And if it is, what's the Bible verse on that? That's probably a, three questions. Uh, you know, very general. Yeah, that's interesting. And, and what, like, why does Christ have a problem? I mean, I mean, there's probably some biblical stuff we could find, but I guess what would make you ask that question? Like, have you heard Christians say Christ has a problem or it's just because most people usually frown on the idea of that? Well, every time I hear like the world's going to be become a global globalist, that's when the Antichrist is going to come. Then Christ is coming back. It's like that is the trigger of it happening. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's like the trigger point. So that's why I was asking, like, is there a is there a correlation between the two? Because every time I hear, yeah. Uh, Yeah, so it's typically just, I I don't know, I don't think there's any, like, Christian doctrine that really treats treats that from the, or uh, believes that from the Bible. But the the reason people come up with that is, is like, because that's, like, one of the biggest, uh, that would be one of the biggest events or things that could happen. So it's, like, no matter what actually happens, that gets everyone's, like, hackles up, right? Uh, Kind of like Y2K, right? It's like, oh, 2000 is going to cause this big thing. It's, like, one of these big monumentous events. Um, that people think, um, you know, could cause a big change. And it's like any big change, like, you know, known is usually better. Uh, most people will say, what, better the devil you know than the devil you don't. So the the chances, like right now, um, the rapture could still take place. The end of days could still happen. But it seems like unless there's some really big event, it, it's going to just move at very a very incremental pace until, well, there it happens. Um, so, like, you know, nukes, right? Like when, when nuclear weapons were invented, it's like, oh, boy, here we go. Here we go. This is the end. This is the end. Because it's like the next big stride in, like, you know, humankind. So um, whenever people talk about the globalists, um, the pro people will say, well, look, it's going to get humanity in one step. It's going to be great. Blah, 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 blah. And we're only going to have, like, a few set of rules and a few leaders over us. I mean, kind of see where that's going, right? <laughs> if you have, like, a billion leaders over you, um, you know, that, that, that doesn't sound as antichrist as only having a few leaders because if you have a few well then have a few less have a few less and then you have one so so that's kind of where they're deducing that it's like well less is not better in this case so um anyway the people who are pro-globalism would be like well look it's uniting the world we don't have all this minutiae we don't have to have conflicts over stuff we shouldn't have conflicts over you know we'll just let the central power wherever that is uh tell people how to divide resources manage people healthcare, all this stuff and it'll be fine um, the world would be a better place. It's your age of Aquarius or whatever. Um, the anti-globalist people are saying, like, even if there is a world in which globalism could be good, which they would still oppose, um, they feel because of all the political divisiveness and how everything just seems to be teetering on the brink of multiple, like, civil wars in different countries and, you know, the the elites and, you know, us poor plebs and stuff like that. There's so many classes um, and groups divided against each other. Um in politics, race, religion. And, and it's like, you know, the media is just hyping it up, hyping it up. So it's like more pronounced um, that if this uh, globalist kind of thing starts to take over, it's basically going to cause a tipping point and everything's going to like devolve. So it's not going to be globalist. It's going to devolve in the um, aspirations to become that way. And it, the result is going to be a massive power vacuum. So if that were to happen like that, the massive power vacuum would give rise for, you know, uh, I don't know, Mad Max or like rogue governments to come and, you know, who knows how long it would take. But eventually they think 
that from that one person would come to the top and you know rise up and be like, uh, this needs to stop. Like blah blah blah. We need to be developed. We're developed. We're not like this. Blah blah blah. We don't need to go Mad Max. Like here, I have a better way. And people are gonna start being like, oh, that sounds reasonable. That sounds reasonable. It's like okay, now we're gonna set this up. And here, here's this fancy number. Take this number, and it's a mark. And you know, it's selling your soul to the devil, but that's fine. And Jesus, oh well, not, I, I, you know, I'm not Jesus, but uh, hey, I'm God, and I am Jesus now. Worship me. That's that's kind of the process um, of people who think that way. Nate, now I'm, I'm, I, I mean, I think everything you just said is ridiculous. You can't but, say everything. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm ridiculous. But wait, I wait. For, wait, hang on. For, for the record, can you? I can don't you even tell think me that. what a globalist is. Uh, well, yeah. I what is a globalist? Like, what, can you just rewind? No, no, Michael, no, you, no, Michael, no. you weren't paying attention. No, like, you no, know, like, no. Sorry, I, I think what I mean, like, give me an example. Can you name me a few globalists? Uh, you know, uh, basically everyone at Davos or the World World Economic Forum. Um, so you know, like Kyle Schwab, Yuval Noah Harari, um. The, the woman that Musk just made in charge of Twitter's uh, free speech or censorship policy, she was like a big uh, like WEF chief or something like that. Um, so, so all these people, you know, like I think Gates, Musk to a certain degree, I think he's kind of realizing this may not. I was thinking Gates too. So, I mean, all the, basically, just like I said six minutes ago, and for the record, I'm not even saying I believe this. I, I'm somewhere like not going full crazy town. But it is easy to see, based on history, how things like the height of Rome, people, it, it's like a very good parallel for the United States today. And let's just you know throw Canada in there, because if things go down here, we're coming to you. Um, and it's just very easy to see how that has happened before. And probably one of the most closely related countries to Rome in the fall now is us. <laughs> so um, to say, I don't believe that, that would never happen. That's, that's a, that would be the height of hubris. Uh, to say all the other stuff about the end of days coming from it, no, I'm, I'm not going that far. I mean, I think that will happen, but if this is the mechanism by which it happens, I have no idea. No idea. Um, but yeah, Michael, does that give you an idea? So that's the people. You know, Trudeau, I, I've said his name so much, I said it right, right? Um, so basically, people who, who want to give up their national sovereignty for the global greater good. So instead of Canada having policies and Mexico having policy, like NAFTA. Instead of U.S., Mexico, and you know the uh, Canada and other countries having alliances and having borders and things like that, um, you know that that would eliminate a lot of the border talk. Like there are no illegal humans, there are no borders. We're all borders, the borders of Earth, or some crap like that. And like, see, isn't and all you have to do is make a few reasonable points. Like, look, some people get uh, better vaccines here because of their country's policies. So if we had a central, you know, a central policy holder and like you know somewhere in Europe because that's where it'll be probably just because reasons. Um, and they said, no, you know, Honduras or, you know, you get the same access to first world health care that United States does in United States. Um, since you're part of the global alliance of humanity, um, you don't have to pay outrageous prices. You don't even need insurance anymore. We've got That you. sounds great. Right. Sign me and up. then, and then <laughs> they do some more things and then, yeah. So then after, you know, you buy into a few good talking points like that, it's like, uh, you mean I get the best health care for the cheapest price? And as everyone's like, yes. And it's like, and you, you get a universal basic income just for existing? Uh, Got to mute these. That's a lot of feedback. Oh, sorry. Like, you get money just for living? And it's like, yes. Um, and then, you know, you get down to it. It's like, okay, well, 
in order for this, you know, there's too many problems with free speech and, you know, people are saying things against us and it's making our job more difficult. So we want to do the best job we can, uh, but we're going to need to, you know, censor just a few things, right? We're all about free speech. We love that. We say what you want. You just can't say anything bad about, you know, the, um, like calling vaccines bad because we're trying to get them out there. We're trying to help the world. And it doesn't help us when it takes too many resources when we have to combat this misinformation. And, you know, then the slippery slope begins. So for people that are very trusting and naive, it's easy to be like, that'll never happen. And, you know, look at history of a bunch of dead people that said that will never happen. And then for the people that are like uber uh, skeptical, maybe like Michael on religion, <laughs> but on this, um, you know, they're going to be skeptical of everything. Um, anyway, so that's, that's how it goes. That's my answer. Yeah, like I said, just just send me the calendar invite. Well, that's a different category. Just uh, you know, repent and believe the gospel, then you don't got to worry about it ever. I'll believe it when I'm convinced. All right. Humble yourself and do the prescription. Uh, excuse me. See, that's, that's, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Go, go. Hey, hey, Ed, hey, Ed. How are you, man? Hey. Not too bad. Um. I'm at work right now, so I can't talk too much. But about the globalization issue, do you think, uh, like, remember the Tower of Babel? Um, I think maybe the issue is because when there's a centralization of power and the people in power are not believers in Christ, it ends up um, being resulting in a lot of corruption and potentially profound destruction on humanity or doing something incredibly wicked. Like, again, I'm, I understand in the Tower of Babel, it was a centralization of power, and they wanted to actually try to kill God to make it. That's what I've heard. I've read about uh, Nimrod. So you think it has, and then God does, you know, confuse the languages so that wouldn't happen as easily. Do you think it has anything to do with that? Because man, in his unregenerate state, when power centralized, it can pose a threat to humanity. I don't know. I'm not really sure. It's a good question, though. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean, you know, there's enough like high-tech weapons <laughs> that I mean, the threat to humanity is is there. Like we could, we could. You know, if all the militaries of the world decided they wanted to, like, basically blow up the planet, I think we could do that. So, I mean, you know, the, thre the threat to humanity is already there. Um, it's just the will to do it. Um, so, I mean, it's certainly not a threat to God. I think more than, like, some kind of threat, it's, it's like a, I, I, it's a hubris, right? Because, you know, how many times in the Bible, whether you believe it or not, it's in there, about, you know, God really doesn't like this high and mighty, like, I'm better than everyone else attitude. So if you have a bunch of people who are doing things like that, like, you know, the story in the Bible isn't like, hey, we just wanted to see how good we could do and what a b big, pretty building we can make. It was specifically to, like, you know, get to where God is, like, on their own. Um, you know, something that the entire Christian religion is specifically like, you cannot do. You Like, you can't save yourself. You can never, you know, be a God. Sorry, human, you just can't. And to think that you can, like, some, somehow equate or get to where God is. So if that means it was like a power structure, they were just trying to, like, flaunt their amazing technology and, like, you know, bricks. Um, or if they, some of them actually thought they could build high enough to somehow get up to where God was. Um, yeah, I, I think it's the arrogance and the pride, which is the same, you know, same problem the devil had, right? Little arrogance, little pride. So I think that holds a, a special place, um, for God that he, he is not amused. All right. Thanks, Nate. I, uh, yeah, I'll let other people chime in. I, thank you. Yeah, and I, I got a little touch of the sickness bug, so my throat is 
about shot, but if anyone else wants to say anything quickly before I run. Michael, you have a final thought? Random, I, I saw your hand. I invited you. Are you not able to get up? Any final thoughts, Mike? Cool. Yeah, I guess, uh, I guess that, I mean, if, if there is a, like, I, I've never, I've never met anyone who wants to do the things that you say people want to do. And I, I, I find it interesting. Um, you know, who, who knows, maybe, you know, maybe if I, if I'm communist enough, I'll get, uh, I'll get an invite to the deep state too. Wait, you mean you don't know anyone who fits the, like, the, the the stuff I was talking about who wants to like you know unite the world get rid of like you know governments and borders to have like one central organized thing you don't know anyone like that you've never heard any people say that no and I don't want that either to hear them or know they exist no no I mean uh, no I mean I'd, I'd be curious to hear them out but I've never I'd, I've never met anyone like that and I don't want those things either just type in world economic forum and pretty much listen to any video you find like this is this is not hard. <laughs> like um, you know, they just had like what a month ago, four weeks ago, in in Davos it was their their yearly meeting, and um, you know you got you you know all know Harari up there like talking about transgenderism, transgen uh, tra- ah, transhumanism. Got to switch topics. Transhumanism, um, like it's the next greatest thing because you know he it sounds like he's a pretty gnostic atheist, um, like yourself. So you guys may may get along. He's like, there is no God. God is a fiction. God is fairy tales. Da, da, da. Like, we are going to be gods. We will create gods. And anyway, so like the way him and, you know, like uh, he's like a disciple of Schwab, like the way those two talk, especially is like, I'm not doing justice in what I said. So, you know, you can, this is like the easiest thing. Usually I'm like happy to provide sources, but they're abundant and overwhelming. Like they've written books about this stuff. Um, so, you know, hear it from the horse's mouth, Google, like, I don't know, damning globalist world economic forum speech by like, you know, we've all know Harari or Klaus Schwab and pretty much just listen to anything they say for like 10 minutes. Um, yeah, it's, it's no secret, I guess, if people are listening. So I don't, I don't even know what a transhuman is like trans. I don't even know what that means. It would be to, uh, in short, I mean, people have different ideas, but in short, upload your consciousness into a robot some sort of artificial life, artificial intelligence, so you can continue existing outside of your mortal coil. Um, so that, so people, you know, even even like Musk, who seems to have kind of the same designs, but he seems to split with the motivation or the reason with these other people, um, because it's like he sees something really sketchy in their plan for it. Um, so he still wants the end goal, which is like to continue living in existence. But he wants it for, I guess, what he sees as a better motivation or more pure reasons. Um, that, I mean, that's just my, my kind of hunch. But yeah, so basically, so Michael can continue existing. So you, you never have to worry about if the Christians are right or not. You can live in a computer or in the cloud um, after your body expires. Yeah, I just think that that, like, I, I, don't, I don't want that. Like, it, it reminds me of the, have you seen the, there's a, there's a show on uh, Amazon Prime that's called Upload. Um, you should watch it. It's it's very well done. Uh, and I was sitting and talking to my wife about this, and it's like neither one of us. Like I don't want that. I think it actually, like the, and this will sound like more of a kind of a shot across the bow that I mean it to be, but 
it's like, I, I think I agree with something I heard Ricky Gervais say once. And that is like, like, because I'm convinced this is the only life that I have, it makes it more precious. And I, I think it actually cheapens it to know like, well, you know, just, it doesn't end. It just goes on forever. So like nothing I do here really matters. It's not going to matter anyway. I, I don't, yeah, I don't. Uh, so well, if I, if I, if I did look up this video and watch it, I, I don't think I'd agree with anything this person said. Well, you probably wouldn't. And I, I, I have another hunch, a Christian hunch, that the more people start pushing this way, um, as from an atheistic standpoint, um, the more perhaps people like you and Ricky, uh, peace be upon him, are going to be like, well, look, guys, we're not saying we believe in God, but this is messed up. Like you basically are, are believing in some sort of like quasi afterlife, like the uh, these religious people are believing, but you're, you're next level. So it's just my hunch that, you know, because Jesus talks about, you know, he brought the sword to divide. So like the, the line to just be like a good moral human without the belief in a God or gods, I think that ground is sinking and eventually people are going to have to make their choice between, you know, seriously exploring some type of religion and getting shoved closer to a God belief of some type, um, or they're going to have to go full fledged into this idea that we're talking about that you say you want no part of. Um, I don't know. I'm, we'll just see what happens. It's just my, my kind of hunch that, um, you know, the neutral ground or the middle, just, hey, leave me alone. I'll do my thing. You do your thing. I just want to make the most of this life. I, I think that ground is going to be disappearing and people are going to be forced into one of these two choices um, one way or another. Um, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But it, it, from their perspective, though, you know, this wouldn't be another life and this life would matter. It's just going to be a really, really long, never ending life. Um, <laughs> so I don't know what their, uh, I don't know what their plan is because, you know, in like 4 billion years, the sun's supposed to envelop us in a wet red dwarf and kill us. So I guess if they think, well, you know, they can kick the can down the road enough for like 50,000, hundred thousand years, whatever, um, then they can make plans to advance and like get out into space or create another, a wormhole to another dimension or another universe that, that they will be gods of, or they will be in charge of creating, um, so who, who knows what their actual end game is, or if it's a never ending end game. But, uh, Mo, did you have something you wanted to say about that? Yeah, I don't, I don't really know anything about all of that, but I just want to go back to what Michael was saying real quick. Hey, Mike, have you heard the song by Jason Isbell, um, If We Are Vampires? No, I've not heard that. Uh, you, it's, it's just like what you were talking about, like how if – go listen to it, please. Like your wife will dig it too because it's kind of like this – it's a story about like – like if you, it just kind of shows like um, it's making the point like how like life is short and you know like if it if it went on forever it wouldn't be special you know what I mean like part of what makes like for me and you that don't think there is some afterlife like you want to live your life the best you can and yeah it's, it, it is more special because you don't believe that um, it's going to just keep going on and on well, yeah. you would I'll, I'll, perceive I'll it. praise the gods of Apple Music. I just found it and downloaded it. Well, you would perceive it's, it being it's more such special. A good song. I let, but Jake. you wouldn't have any. You wouldn't know, right? I mean, it seems like you would say, "Well, it's more special because this is the only life we have." Well, just because I think our consciousness and existence continues doesn't mean I value this life any less. I mean, I can't do anything with my eternal life until I'm there. So it's like, well, you know, uh, and you know, in Christianity. We're told to make the best of this life, to do the best we can 
you know, to be good stewards of the earth and the resources. So, so we're, we're told to do this. So, I mean, we're in the same boat. Like, I mean, just because we think, you know, this is the only life you have. And I don't think this is, you know, uh, where existence ends. Yeah. You think there's uh, an after party. Right. But that's irrelevant to how we live because, you know, how I live on this, this earth still is going to affect the rest of my life and, you know, my ancestors' life and ancestors or my descendants and descendants until, you know, I believe, you know, this age will eventually end. That could be a billion years from now. So, I mean, at that point, practically, like philosophically is the only difference we have because practically speaking, no. Like if you have kids or, you know, you want the world to be left in a better place than you found it, then we're in the exact same boat because, you know, for something um, generations and generations down, I don't want to just be like, oh, this is, you know, this earth's fine. I'm going to Sky Daddy Fairyland. Oh, I don't care what happens. Burn it all. Well, no, because I have kids and I'm going to have who, who knows how many descendants and, you know, the amazing Nate line. So I want to do just as good with this life as, you know, you and everyone else hopefully does. Um, but, uh, random. You don't get to speak. That's admirable. Well, thank you. Well, I, I, I was going to comment on the, uh, the, the Tower of Babel story. The Tower of Babel story is like a paragraph, right? It's pretty short. Like, yeah, it, it's just odd to me how, how much people derive out of the Tower of Babel story that's just not in the words. And so I, I guess my question is, like, why do people get so much out of the Tower of Babel story that's just not said in, in the text? Um, so give me a for instance. So, for well, for example, what I get from it is people are prideful and arrogant, uh, try to challenge God on some level, and God's like, no, none of that nonsense. Go away. Be scrambled. Like, that, that's pretty much what I get. So what would be the more things you're talking about? Well, yeah, that's actually a good example. When, when you said they tried to challenge God, I, I looked in the, in, different, uh, um, in the different translations, as it were, of, of that section, and nowhere does it have any wording from the from the words of the humans that they're like hey we're going to challenge god so why why derive the idea that they're trying to challenge god well notice i said on some level so i'm not necessarily saying they're trying to fist fight god but on some level because read that story um i mean if it's that short and you have it pulled up but it, i assure it, it you says I have. no no i mean like right now so we we could be accurate because I, I i'm eating pizza and i i don't have i uh, i have read. it pulled up on another tab, like I, I just recently did. Like I said, it's very short, and nowhere well, right, does it well, specify yeah. that they're challenging God. Well, yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. So if you have it pulled up, maybe you should just read it because the way we easily get challenged without trying to like pull a bunch of deep stuff out of this that isn't there is like the part that says something like it, it makes you think, wow, they're very prideful because it says they decided they're going to build a tower to God, or the the way it's written. You're just like, oh, yeah, these people are like arrogant or hubris or something like that. So that's where we get it. It's not like we have to like dig in, like, you know, unearth stuff. It's like, well, it's right there. So it doesn't mean they're going to like become gods or take out God. But on some level, I believe you could say, yeah, they're challenging God. Like even on a small level, even just because they're arrogant and stupid. I mean, yeah. While he put, pulls that up, there's so many things with this story that are just interesting. Like, First off, it just seems like a, a completely ad hoc uh, story to kind of explain what people see in the world. Like, oh, there's different you know, 
religion or different languages that people have made up. <clears throat> oh, God must have like confused everyone to make them speak different languages. Like it, it just seems like such an ad hoc kind of uh, story or explanation for what what they see in in reality. Uh, and the other point, obviously, oh. is like a god that's um, <laughs> he's threatened somehow. Like, <laughs> I mean. It's it's funny because you want to say sometimes like God is this the creator of everything in the universe and you know he's this the the non contingent being and blah 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 and then on the other hand you know he he gets jealous because people build a, a tower. Well, see, so, you no, know, that's you can't have it both ways. That's that's the problem. I, well, also neither can random because when he talked to he when he accused you know I, I guess presumably Christians of getting things out of it that aren't there. Well, you just did that from the other side. You're like, well, how can God, you know, if he's great and powerful, how can he be threatened? No one says that. Where is that in there? Hey, let me just well, read it. Um, let me just bring it. Yeah, up. read it. Let's just see what, why does he, why is he, why is God mad? What, tell, tell us the moral of this story. Well, go ahead and read it first. I don't even know if you can necessarily say mad, except like, I, I, if that happened to me, and I'm like infinitely greater than all these little things I've created, um, and then all these little things, start thinking they're like all high and mighty and oh look at me look how great we are oh we should do this we should like oh build a build a tower all the way up to our creator nate and blah 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 Wait, regardless of intent where, where is he can i see see can again I, that, that's that's this old this like this simple no, well, vision hey, of like god he's up in the sky and then you no. also want to say on the other hand that god is something else this this mind that's outside of uh um time no, and space. there's there's no problem there is zero problem with this that's part of what I'm getting to. So if they say they're going to build a tower up, because, yeah, they didn't build a tower down. They, they, it seems like they assumed from the story yeah, why? that God, right, they assumed that God, God was, in the that sky. God was, that God was up. So if it's just the fact that they're trying to, I'm watching these people that I've created, these little ant people, and they're trying to build a tower, they think up to where I am. And really, I'm like in another dimension that I'm like right in front of their face, ever existing this whole time. And I'm like, guys, I'm right here. You just need to stop being so prideful and arrogant and seek me. Stop trying to do what you can in your own might. Like, I'm not up. I'm not down. I'm everywhere. I'm two inches away. I'm just in, you know, some sort of other dimension, for example. Um, I'd be like, oh, just get out of here and, like, destroy the ant farm. Okay, hang on. The Tower of Babel is in. Nate, can I just summon very briefly? I could, uh, yeah, sure. I could read it. I'll be, I'll be briefly, please, in the book well, of Jasher. Yeah, yeah. i just be Ed, very you, quick. Yes, you yeah. chime in. I'm going to read it. So, yeah, chime in with what you want to say, and then I'm going to read yeah, it. Yeah, it'll be very brief. What I was saying, yes, I'm aware that's not in the text. When I talked about Nimrod trying to kill God, that's based upon extra-biblical sources, such as the book of Jasher. I understand. I can't cite it off the top of my head. I understand that is what, um, where we get uh, the idea that Nimrod wanted to kill God as revenge for what he did during the flood. But again, so it's based on an extra-biblical source. You're correct. It doesn't spell it out in Genesis. But extra biblical sources, I understand support what I said, and Josephus would back me up on this as well. So you can look that up if you want. Okay, we have Genesis. Yeah, yeah, and we'll just read it real quick. So Genesis 11, Bible Gateway. Genesis 11. Okay, so... Here we go. Everyone ready for Bible study? And then I may have to go. My throat's like on fire. I could breathe fire like a dragon. Okay. 
Now the whole earth had one language and the same words. As the people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and uh, bitumen and mortar. Then they said, come, let us, bind, uh, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens. And let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. <clears throat> and the Lord came down to see their city and their tower, which the children of man had built. And the Lord said, behold, there are one people and they have all language. And this is only the beginning of what they will do. And nothing they propose um, to do now will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language, though they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord dispersed them. Uh, from there all over the face of the earth, and they left off building the city. Therefore, its name is called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth. Um, and from there the Lord dispersed them all over the face of the earth. And then, like, from 10 to 26, it gets more into um, the scriptures oh, about Nimrod. So okay. why did God want to confuse them? I don't, I don't know. How does – he's this, he's this all-knowing being. And he creates these fallible humans that do things that are wrong, and he doesn't like something, and now he's going to confuse them. The story is so contrived and uh, my, so ridiculous. My question is, and, and now that you've read it, uh, their goal was to, quote, make a name for themselves, which is not a challenge to God. Uh, the challenge to God seems to be from God's perspective. Uh, just in this story, reading it, the challenge from God seems to be from God's ex perspective when God says, well, since they're now working together, nothing, quote, where is it? Uh, nothing will be impossible. And nothing which they plan to do will be impossible for them. So at what, where do you derive the the absolute hubris of them challenging God. So, let's see. Come, let us build a city and a tower with its top in the heavens and make a name for ourselves, lest we be displaced over the whole earth. So, that right there, in my mind, I mean, clearly you have a different interpretation, and it sounds like Mold does too, but I'd say right there you can see pride. And keep in mind, also, we take the entire script of the Bible. So not just this, right? So you could combine this with a verse in Romans 1 that talks about how they invented new ways to do evil. So, um, you know, how much of that can you say is pride and ambition? I mean, you can't say that is not ambitious, right? To build a tower to the heavens and, you know, this big city. And then it says, you know, lest we be dispersed. So if you don't read pride into that, um, there's no way you could not read ambition into that. Can we agree there? You definitely oh, read ambition. ambition. And, and then so, and, and then the reason for the ambition. Let me get back to it. Okay, we're still a city with this tower on the top of the heavens, and let us make a name for ourselves. So, make a name for ourselves. I mean, since you don't believe like sin or anything like that, you would still say like making our name for ourselves like is is a sense of pride, right? Maybe not bad pride, but like you know how you're proud of your children, or you're proud of your reputation, or you're proud sure, of your yeah. accolades, right? Okay, so so even if you say that, then you can get to pride pretty much with no leading at all. It's like ambition, make a name for ourselves, pride, yes. Oh, but it's not a bad pride. Well, maybe God didn't see it that way. And that's where our opinions just differ. I'm just, 
I'm, I just want to point out, Nate, that it really seems, from my perspective right now, it really seems like you're trying to vehemently justify and find the interpretation out of the words. Like, why? Why? Why do you? Why are you so dead set on it being the case that they were doing something horrible? Please read Joshua chapter nine. Like I said, you blew over what I said. Random. Can you say it Jasher again? Joshua chapter nine. Joshua chapter nine, verse twenty-six. What does it say? The first said, "We will ascend into heaven and fight against him." The second said, "We will ascend to heaven and place our own gods there and serve them." That's one of the other things you can read. It's an extra biblical source. Did you did you hear what I said? Hey, Edvin, are you saying Random? that like, God was threatened, like He was gonna, like I'm people just, were gonna I'm, build this? I'm talking about get up excuse into me. heaven. Excuse me. I'm substantiating the claim what I said earlier about Nimrod, the Tower of Babel. Those extra biblical sources which support the claim that Nimrod wanted to kill God. Did you listen to what I just said, Jasher chapter I, nine? I heard. I heard what you said. Yes, thanks. I'm curious why I should give any – well, for, I, I generally don't necessarily give credence to the Bible itself, but why should okay. I also give credence to the extra-biblical source? No, you, you don't have to. I'm just supporting what I said, my claim. That's it. And, you yeah, I, I, I understand you don't agree. I understand. I'm just supporting, substantiating why people believe this. It's not just because of what we read in Genesis. Oh, I see what you're saying. So you think there's a permutation of that extra-biblical source's explanation? permutation i'm just saying this i'm explaining why people believe why that Nimrod wanted to kill god and i saw i i cited an ancient historical book you don't have to agree with it i'm just giving you the reason why why people would believe it, this. It, hang on okay. guys i really have to go let, let me just like say a couple couple of my final thoughts to wrap this up and then i i, I gotta go i'm like dying over here <clears throat> okay so first of all i was gonna say well i think you're projecting on me random because I don't care. I only care about, you know, the interest of truth and things like that. So, you know, whatever is accurate is accurate. I don't care. I'm just saying for me, uh, maybe it's because, you know, I'm taking the entire Bible into account. You know, like the Bible also talks about someone sent me, um, you know, a good reminder that, you know, the Bible talks about be fruitful and multiply. And, you know, the whole earth is yours. Go subdue it. So the fact that yet another problem with their actual story is they want to stay right there. So they want to centralize. Um, so that also conflicts with God when he says, hey, go be fruitful and multiply, the, like go subdue the earth. Um, so he didn't say subdue like, you know, a square mile. So that would be another problem. So I don't need to make anything fit because I don't care. Like ultimately, um, you know, if you want to take a very generous approach, like, you know, God's just like, no, you can't, uh, you're too arrogant. I don't like that. I, I don't want your ambition. I want your ambition to be to focus on me. So he just like swept them away in like bugs. Um, if you want to take something generous or if you want to say they had gross pride and it was disgusting, it was over the top. So I don't need to have a view on that one way or another in, in gradation. Um, I just see that, you know, they had pride. And I think that was like a, like a kind of spitting in the face of God. Um, not that God was challenged or threatened. Like, you know, when I think Mole just said, um, you know, that what? They wanted to build a tower based on uh, what Edwin said. They wanted to build a tower to God. That means God was threatened. No, like God would be, you know, that would be like more incensed. It's like if you know your God and no one can challenge you and they can't even get to heaven, because they're trying to build up, and you're like, dude, I'm not there. You're going the wrong way. Like no, like no one thinks seriously from the Bible story that God could be challenged or you know, fought with these people. Nonetheless, that doesn't change their view if they thought they were going to do this. So you can see God getting a little ticked off and being like, yeah, you're going to fight me. <laughs> Watch this. Um, so under any interpretation, um, that's that's it. And I, I think there's one more point, but I forgot. But uh, yeah, I've really got to go. Um, Get some cough drops.
anyways, everyone, thanks for the discussion. I think it was good. But yeah, so you know, take yeah, uh, thanks. take yeah, so take the parable or take the story however you want. Um, you know, I take it literally. I think it happened. I think it was because of pride. And you know, I, I think a lot of times you really, if you have the totality of the Bible, that helps explain a lot of other things because you reconcile all of it together. And if you do, you know, you get a, a more clear picture sometime. Like hey, the beef, yeah. Well, like the spread and multiply, and like the you know they invented new ways to do evil. So like, where does their ambition end? Like they get a nice new city, and then what? Like you know, look at Greece, look at Athens, like how they had a nice new city, and then what? They they go straight into like the most debaucherous things you can imagine. Rome built amazing buildings, and then what? They're they're like, well, we built everything. Now what are we gonna do? They invent like the most debaucherous and hibacious lifestyles on earth. Uh, what more? Final thoughts. So just to be clear, the making the different languages was to conf- make them confused, right? Making them all, all speak different languages was to make them confused? Sure. So God caused them confusion? Is this where God is not the author of confusion? I don't know. Is he or not? Well, no, the Bible clearly says he's not. But, uh, but he just caused confusion. Let's read that verse. Oh, you're going to make me go to the original language? All right. So let's see. Wait, did he, and he, he, said down. he caused confusion by making them speak? That's the point of having them speak different languages they don't understand. Yeah. Let us go down and confuse their language so they may not yeah. understand each other's speech. Let's see. Genesis 11, verse 9, 7. Oh, brother, are you able to get up here? Let me invite you real quick. Then I really have to go. So I'm going to look this up. I imagine the word is going to be confused. But when it says God is not the author of confusion, um, why do you have to ask that question? If we go to the context, I guarantee it's going to be, you know, God is not uh, God is not mocked. God is not the author of confusion. It's going to be in the context. Well, we'll just read the context. All right, Bible study. What's up, brother? Go ahead and say what you want to say while I look this stuff up. Basically, I was just going to jump up and say the reason why the church would uh, say things out of a small paragraph in uh, the Bible that's not uh, verbatim in the verse is because of uh, systematic theology and doctrine. You know, the Bible says that all scripture is good for doctrine. And so if you have a verse A that says something and a verse B that says something elsewhere, and if they're uh, closely related, you could come up with... uh, a theology and her doctrine C, you know, and you can start teaching C, even though uh, C is not verbatim in A. And uh, the church doctrines are important and theology is important. And the simple answer to the question is that uh, why did the church teach that uh, the things that he asked is because, uh, you know, it's a theology and it's a doctrine that it's rightly found and sourced. Yeah, you could look at the I quoted in the in the chat, the book of Jasher. It talks about making war. You could read it for yourself. And if you're interested in the book of Jasher, that's what informed people about Nimrod wanting to kill God. It's right there. Thanks. Then then why if, if Jasher is so important, why isn't it in the Bible? <clears throat> it's important. I'm not it's not inspired scripture. It doesn't mean that it's worthless. So um, the same yeah. thing that you guys could have all done in 20 seconds is, and also, you know, if the if the um, story of if this entire story of the Tower of Babel 
was so important, you know, why is it only a paragraph and a half? Um, you know, good question, because uh, it has next to nothing to do with the significance of Christ and death and burial and resurrection. Anyways, so Bilal is the word used, even in the King James, it's uh, confound, but in Bilal, Bilal, um, it's a verb, and it can mean to fade, mingle, or anoint, which is weird, but uh, fade or mingle. So mingled their languages. So, I mean, you know, I'll give you that if you want to say, see, God mingled their languages, therefore God confused them, therefore, um, you know, the Bible's a lie, whatever. I, I mean, you can do with that what you want, but the actual word there is Bilal, and it means to mingle. So I don't know well, if but, most yeah, of us would fine, say, I don't know, most of us would say mingling means confusing. So... Right, so, the, well, the point, but I would not. I look at the point of the, why did he do that? It's just not to mingle well, it, the... the languages the, so that they would be confused and they wouldn't be able to like join together and do whatever that well wait threatened hang by. on wait wait let's let's is read that, the rest of the it point? so what no you're doing what red was acute or uh, what um um what's his name uh random was accusing random? christians of um except you're doing it as an atheist so you're inserting <clears throat> a lot of stuff that's not there so what actually is there and this is the greatest thing because, you know, if the Bible speaks, let the Bible speak for itself. So if he mingled their language, let's say it wasn't to confuse them so they couldn't function. Let's say he mingled them. Why did he do that? Did he do that for the purpose of confusing them? Does that mean God's the author of confusion? Or since God is not the author of confusion, says the Bible, did he mingle their languages? So verse 8 says, so the Lord dispersed them from there all over the face of the earth just like he told them to do earlier when he said, hey, go forth and multiply, take the earth, go to all the earth. So um, I'm going to say without inserting things that aren't there, the word is Bilal. It means to mingle. So God mingles their languages. Why? If you say it's confusion, you have a hard case to make because verse 8 says, so they would be dispersed. So that could very well be to fulfill like, hey, God says, go all over the face of the earth. And they're like, no, we're going to stay here and build a tower. And he's like, I mingle your languages. Now go forth on the earth. And they're like, okay. what is, what's the point of mingling the languages, though? To get them out of there, not to confuse them and make them. Uh, yeah. What do you mean? Why? Why would that make them leave the one area that he, he was really? He really wanted them to spread out, right? That was that was the idea. I mean, that's what it says. And how does mingle? What does mingling the languages do? That's where I said I'll concede if you want to make the case that because of that, there's countries so in Europe where they're so speak confused. Multiple languages, and they're so confused, um, right? Yeah, right. God, so, if you want to, so if you want to build that case, if you just look at the story itself, I mean, come on, it's just preposterous. Well, now you've went from confused to preposterous, brother. Well, no, I'm just saying the story overall. It's just preposterous. Really? Like, that's the one you're going to die on? Like, that story is preposterous? Like, No, it's just one of many, Nate. Just like the the Noah's Ark story. But that's fine. Except what? Except what's so preposterous? Like, your ultimate preposterous oh, thing should know, be the... A 600-year-old man building a giant boat. No, hold on. That's what I'm saying. The thing that should be... The, the thing that should be on, so... Nate. The thing... Mole. Reality, the thing that should be... Nate, the thing that it. should be... Okay, Mole. The thing that should be preposterous for you is people posit a God in the beginning. So instead of just racking up like, oh, that's preposterous, that's preposterous, that's preposterous. Just be like, look, your God is preposterous, therefore everything else 
is just stated preposterous. Like you don't have to make a big deal of it and have like 6,000 lists of things that are preposterous. Just pick your God is preposterous. Like Jesus walked on water. That's preposterous. Jesus walked on sand. That's preposterous. How is that preposterous? So, I mean, at, at some point it becomes kind of bad. Brother, what's up, brother? I was just going to say that, you know, God in the Bible, he uses agents, you know, so that they do it and he doesn't do it. You know, for instance, uh, basically you have people that say, well, in that case, does is he still culpable for what his uh, agents do? And some people say yes, and some people say no. That's how we handle it, basically. You know, we'd say God's not culpable for or the author of any sin. Well, but God is the one that mi that mingled the languages, though, in this case, right? Yeah, as I said, some people say yes, and some people not say no. As well, who? I mean, it's this is like the Godfather sending out orders. You know, like he's the one that's calling the shots and saying, you know, go whack uh, whatever. Ultimately, he's the one responsible. Yeah, that camp would say, you know, blame God, and that. But uh, God, whenever he talks about the infant being born, uh, burned alive on the Baal statue, you know, he said it never entered his mind to cause Judah to, to commit that sin and everything. So he disconnected. He's disconnected somehow, however you wanted to explain it. The, the, the secret is to start from the conclusion and then work backwards. Yeah, exactly, random. Yeah, random. That was a good, great question. I think. Thanks for bringing this up. Usually, when a atheist says, "I say we're not working backwards from the conclusion," you know, the the Bible is a it is you know it's an ancient source we work from forward, not backwards. Okay. So, okay. I'm sorry. It just goes back. Every argument devolves back to the veracity of the Bible. If it's real, it's not working backward from a conclusion. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a big if. Though. I was gonna say ontology is different from epistemology, though. Who wants to hear my Greek? Okay. So. Akatastasia. Akatastasia is the Greek word, because now we're in the New Testament, in 1 Corinthians 14.33, when Paul says God is not the author of confusion. If you read the context, um, you know, does this mean when he just says God is not the author of confusion? Absolutely never, because then that would conflict with things like, well, we're talking about now, if you want to take a less generous approach, I maintain, I maintain it stands alone independently but if you want to say well it's technically confusion like indirectly like second order blame god fine sure do what you want i don't buy that but if you do fine um but then it also would conflict where it says you know i the lord create uh you know good and evil and then after one everyone like you know fights over god creating evil the word is actually calamity which wouldn't be evil but that would be more closely associated with uh confusion still not exactly the same but if someone wants to merge those two together and run with it fine but the actual context is about the church in corinth when it's talking about the the people were doing prophecies so let's see like the whole thing starting in verse 14 or starting in chapter 14 
the reason he said God's not the author of confusion is because people were trying to exercise their different spiritual gifts and like tongues, interpretations, prophecies, and it was bogging down the church service so no one could actually hear the word of God because too many people were trying to do other stuff and there was too many people doing it. So he says, hey, God is not a God of confusion. He is a God of order. So let people speak two or three and then be silent. So the context of God is not the author of confusion is in church roles and church service functionality. So again, if you want to say, you're just coming up with fancy things and blah, 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 and look what kind of excuses you have to make for God, then fine, do what you want. Um, but if you take a scholastic approach, that is the context of both. Um, so there you go. Well, that's fine, but then you're going to have a problem. Because if we just say, is is God the, an author of confusion? You know, like you could just say, in this case, it's not. that's not what he's talking about. That's fine. But then we could just ask you if he is, does he cause confusion? Either he does or he doesn't. It seems like he does. And then you're going to be in the, you can't, then you're going to have other problems down the road. Like, how do you know that the Bible's not a, um, not, no, no, because, because what I, no, because what I'm doing is what you constantly misinterpret, just like, uh, you know, just like Random says in chat that I'll get to in a second. But because I keep throwing you crumbs, being like, look, I'm fine with this. I'm fine with this. Like right now, I would be fine saying God causes confusion. Um, like, like here's a little breadcrumb, but I don't actually think that in this case. So I, it would be fine even if he did, because the context, uh, you know, is in Roman 14 saying he, or first uh, Corinthians 14, 33, say he's not a God, uh, the author of confusion in relation to sh- uh, church discipline and spiritual gifts and church order, therefore freeing him up to totally cause confusion if he wanted to in Babel. However, um, so I would be fine if someone wanted to take that approach, but when we read the story in Bolal is the Hebrew word, which means to mix. So if you want to say confusion, fine, no problem. But if you want to know what Nate actually think, thinks, then confusion is, if it was confusion, it would have said confusion. Um, not like ESV confusion, but like the, the word would have been confusion. It, would have, it wouldn't have been so strictly that it was mixing. And then if it was mixing, is it to confuse them for chaos? Well, why? That would be a better a better time for uh, you know the confusion argument, but if it's so they disperse like they were originally told to do, then I don't think confusion is the right word. But even if you did, fine. But according to what the totality of the Bible says, I don't believe that's the case. And then Random says, you know, stands alone. I thought we were supposed to look at it as a whole. Yes, Random, that is right. That is what I advocate for. But even if you didn't look at it as a whole, you should. But if you didn't, it still stands alone. Um, anyway, but yes, so Nate thinks God didn't actually, you know, cause all kinds of confusion and chaos. Uh, Nate thinks God, you know, did it in an orderly fashion so these people would go away. I mean, you know, maybe he could have just like stuck a supernatural sign in the ground that says you will be stricken by fire if you don't disperse like I told you to. I mean, maybe he could have done that, but this is the way he did it. So I think that's fine. And Calvinists I, I, have to deal with this stuff all the time, you know, it's like, uh, you know, Jesus spoke in parables so they wouldn't understand and stuff like that. And uh, the Bible says that God will send strong delusion, delusion so people believe the lie, you know, so, you know, it's we have to deal with things like this, like the God confusing people at the Tower of Babel. And that's like, uh, say you take a verse that says, uh, 
God is not the author of confusion. And then you take a verse that says God will send strong delusion. You got verse A and B. So what do you do? You have a systematic theology to explain how both are true. And it would be like God using agents that where he's not the primal cause of these things, but he does these things. He sends strong delusion and he speaks in parables and he confused their language and stuff. I don't think you can have it both ways, but that's probably a discussion for another time. Well, it doesn't matter. Like we could, like we could talk about like, gosh, I really have to go. My feels like fire. I swallowed a cup of fire ants, but you know, you have things like Deuteronomy, like, uh, you know, the, the consequences for violating the law, like, that would be you were singing usher check- too loud, Nate. That's what you were doing yesterday. Because that's yes. why your voice hurts. Is because you. I was wearing a coat just like his. You um, know, I I literally almost fell asleep. My wife. Yeah, was like, Are you gonna wake up? I was falling asleep. I'm like, I was kind of yeah. tired, and I'm like, I don't even know any of these songs really. Like, and I was kind of like bored. But yeah, I, I mean, I think the better, uh, maybe a. Uh, not not like Pharaoh because you know they're they're like leading like you I don't think you can get God causes confusion there so never mind but like like check out Deuteronomy like if if you want me to help you be bad um <laughs> uh, Deuteronomy like look at like chapters twenty eight like there's some stuff in there like um like violations and penalties for breaking the laws for example like the six hundred thirteen laws of Moses um I think there there's stuff somewhere in there that talks about you know God sending uh curses or rebuking them or I think it causes confusion I'm not gonna look it up now because I just have to go but I'm I'm gonna Oh, I want to look it up now, but I, I, I would be curious to know if it's the same word, but just assuming it is because it can mean confusion too. Um, uh, you could say, well, look, God causes confusion for, you know, as a penalty or punishment for disobedience. So if you wanted to say, see, look, God causes confusion. I think there's better cases you could find throughout the Bible, but that's also still fine because the place you get God is not the author of confusion is 1 Corinthians 14, 33, and then when you read what that means, it's like, oh, he's talking about these people like talking in tongues and prophesying and disrupting the church services, which was confusing everyone. He says, no, no, God is a God of order, is not a God of confusion. Here's the context I'm speaking of it in. So, anyway. All right, Mole, there's your Sunday school letter. I really gotta go. (laughs) Take care, everyone. I'll see you guys later. Thank you. Bye-bye.